put her happiness in front of yours, and if you put his happiness ahead of yours, if he's not having a good day, how dare you have a good day? Hi, my name is Cherie, and this is Life is Cherry. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming back and hanging out again today. We had a lot of fun on Friday having a conversation about fitness. So I am going to bring Coach Idris on to just have a fun conversation about relationships. Him and I both talk about different ideas when it comes to a man's perspective and a woman's perspective on different advice and relationships. And so we just want to have kind of a fun conversation today and talk about why, what the top five reasons relationships end is. And we're going to kind of give both of our perspective on what our list is and kind of hash it out a little bit as men and women in what we think. So I'm going to bring on Adrice. Hi, Adrice. How are you? Hello. How was your weekend? It was fabulous. Busy. Okay, I'm, je- I'm jealous. Oh, I, was, I didn't have a fabulous weekend. Mine was like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't fabulous, then you got to work that weekend. Right? I'm going to come hang out with you so, so I can have a fabulous weekend. <laughs> I'm going to tell my girlfriend, we are really missing out because Cherie's having fabulous weekends. <laughs> yeah, I am. Surround myself you. with some amazing people. And how can it not be fabulous, right? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. What did you oh, do good. this weekend? What did I do? I didn't do a whole heck of I mean, we're moving in two weeks. So like, oh, wow. if you saw my office right now, you just boxes. There's all boxes. And it's making my room dark. So it's kind of hard to get light in here. So <laughs> on the 10th, we're supposed to move. And hopefully I can see, you know, I get a, a nice big room. And <laughs> yeah. we'll, see what she, we'll see what she gives me. <laughs> yeah, I've had to move so many times in the past couple of years that I am tired of moving. I have one more move left and I'm done. I do not like the move. Yeah, the yeah we're going to move because I lived here in this little place because I was by myself and I moved out here. So now that I'm with somebody and I'm, I'm like, okay, we got to get something bigger and something. She's like, I want my place. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. I love having. So, are you guys going to like your a new space for both of you, or are you moving into? Yeah, her? yeah, yeah. We're gonna get a place for both of us, and then you know, uh, once we figure out, because she's, I'm. We got to figure out if we're gonna stay in Texas. If we are, then we'll get a house and whatever. So we just gotta just you know taking our time figuring it out. Yeah. So just to give everybody who is just getting to know me as well, I am. I've been married for about 18 years now, and I have a completely different perspective. I come from a different place, different background than Adri. So kind of tell your a little bit about you and what your relationships have been. And just because you have a different background than I have. And I think that's the biggest part that will play into what our lists of what our, our reasons are today. So, yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I'm a little older than you are. Um, okay, I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> Not too much older, right? Oh, yeah. Once you turn 30, everybody seems like they're the same age, right? Exactly. At least that's what I tell myself. I stopped counting after 30. When I was 30, I was like, how old am I? <laughs> I knew every day up until 30, and I just didn't care anymore. Yep. Uh, but I've been through, I've had, you know, been through multiple relationships trying to figure life out. And I finally got to a good place. Took me forever, but 
And I find all the things we'll talk about today, I, I discovered <laughs> over over time. Um, so I always tell people, you know, it's better, better late than never. I know some people that live their whole lives and don't figure it out. So at least I figured it out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I love the perspective that you have because it's about learning from those relationships. And even when you're married for so long, you still have to learn from your relationship. And that's the only way that it can grow. If you don't learn more about your partner as you go along in your relationship, then you kind of don't kind of look forward to better things for your relationship, I feel. So I think that this is going to be a lot of fun. We'll have two very different perspectives because we have completely different experiences for the last so many years. So I think let's get started. So what is your first top or your very top reason for thinking that relationships end? I, my number one reason um you know, couples end up in divorce or couples don't last is they should have never got married or together in the first place. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I've seen in my own life and in other people's, you talk to them and you're like, why did you guys even do any of this? Like y'all didn't have anything really that can make a relationship last. Like a lot of people, they, they spend too much time looking at things they have in common. Like, oh, we like the same music. You know, we like art together. We like to, like, you know, you hear us. I like to take long walks on the beach. I love that one. <laughs> How come everybody likes to take long walks on the beach? <laughs> I have a bad back. I hate walking on the beach because my feet slide and it hurts my back. So uh, maybe if I had a great back, I'd like walking on the beach. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's so, like, most of the reasons that people get together are not things that make relationships last. Yeah. They're just super, they're super, they don't realize how superficial they are. You know, mm -hmm. like, well, you know, the things that make a relationship last is not taking long walks on the beach. Cause if you don't like the person, you don't want to go nowhere with them. Exactly. You don't want to walk on the beach with them. You don't want to go to dinner with them. You don't. Wanna... So I think that's the, my number one reason is they should have never got, most people should have never got married in the first place. Yeah. And that's you know, actually I, my number five. I, I agree oh, with really? that one. Yeah. So yeah. I think I have that one for my number five, just because, I don't know, maybe I was thinking more of those who are already in a relationship, but I think that a hundred percent that has, that probably should be actually number one, because a lot of times, especially in the area that I live, where I'm at, we all get married so young and I got married when I was young and I think that you just don't really know yourself quite yet. Right. And you're trying to figure out what you even like in this world, what even works for you in this world. You still have so much to learn. And when you get married young, I mean, m most of my friends who were married and divorced got married when they were even under 20 years old. And I think you just still have a lot to learn and you have to have more than just one relationship. I think that's a big key too, because here in Utah, we do have a lot that don't date during high school, don't date during their lifetime. They get with one person, they feel that first love feeling and they're Twitter pated by it and they stay with the person, even though there were tons of red flags that they knew were staring them but right in the face. But they don't know their red flags. Mm -hmm. They don't even know those mm -hmm. are red flags. And you can't learn that if you end up just staying with that same person and you can't learn that. No one can, no one can tell you. You have to yeah. experience it. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I looked up I mean, this 50% of couples end in divorce. 
But the part that I, I, you know, that they don't really put is 50 end up in divorce and another 30 should get divorced. They just don't. Uh, <laughs> they just don't. And I, I really believe about 20% of couples that are married actually are happy in that marriage. I believe there's only about 20 because I've, yeah. tra- I've been a personal trainer for 25 years and I have, I can count how many people were in happy marriages. I swear to God, I can count them. <laughs> You're like the bartender like, or like the person getting the Yeah. When, when we call a personal trainer, it is per because you, I mean, you gotta think about it. I'm helping someone improve their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna hear why their self-esteem is low. You're gonna yeah. hear why. And I, I swear I've trained people who in their 60s and 70s and 80s, they've been unhappy for 25 years. They got but we got grandchildren. I don't want to mess it up. There's too much money to set. They just stay there. So mm. I, I think about 20% are actually happy in their relationships. Yeah. And kind of going into what my first one is, I think that kind of plays into what you're talking about exactly, actually. And what my number one is, is that they stop growing together. So you stop doing stuff for each other. Like all of the things that we kind of just mess, uh, mentioned, you know, and you have to be friends, but if that friendship actually does doesn't keep going on throughout your relationship, then how do you even want to be next to the person sitting next to you in bed? And I really believe that just because you, I mean, when you're in a relationship, you can either take the selfish route and kind of start thinking, oh, what do I need? What do I have? Or what? What can they give to me instead of growing together and doing things together and keeping that that relationship, a big part of your life. They, they, you feel I, that? I, How do you feel about that, Adrice? <laughs> I, I, well, I, I tell you what I call it. I mean, I have, I have like, I have phrases and metaphors for all this stuff. Um, I always <laughs> yeah. tell people, people need to fall in like before they fall in love. Because mm-hmm. you have to actually like the person. Like, yeah. actually like them. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one. Number two, like you said, people, when you're, if you get married when you're 18, you don't even know who you are yet. Mm-hmm. And that person doesn't know who they are yet. So if you don't grow together, you're going to grow apart. You're going to still grow, but you're not going to grow together. Yeah, You're going to start thinking this way. And then something else you said, I, people do it all the time. They're single in a marriage. Like you can't be about yourself. That's what single people do. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. If you're in a marriage that you can't think like a single person, you can't be like, oh, this is just about me. No, you just ask someone to be a part of your life. Now everything is about what you both want to do. And if you don't know what you, what I learned the most is I can't be with somebody who's more unlike me than like me. They can't be more unlike me than like me. You have to actually be on the same, you have to look at life very similarly, not exact, but similarly. It has to be similar, you know, I like this. You know, you have to like a lot of stuff together and then the other stuff you can kind of work with. You yeah, know, uh, that, that's a huge one too because I actually just had a friend who is going through a divorce right now. And even when they first got together, we could see the red flags as friends, right? And we were just like, okay, you got to watch out for this. But one of the huge things that I think that played into their differences there was 
he was very social. He was very outgoing. A lot of his life had to, he was always surrounded by family. He was always surrounded by his friends. So those things were very important to him. But once they got married, she, and she kind of showed signs of not being on that same page before. Um, she would constantly be taking him away from his family, taking him away from his friends and what made him who he is. I mean, the people that you surround yourself, you kind of adjust your life in a way to where whoever you surround yourself with, it compliments you, right? So really on a deeper level, I think that that was just something that she wanted to fix in him instead of actually incorporating into their relationship because she knew it was important for him. And so when they got married, they ended up having completely she made him completely cut off all of his friends and completely make a new life without everything that made him who she actually was attracted to. Right. So I think that that's a huge deal in knowing like, what you why would, want. Why would you marry somebody that needs changing? Mm -hmm. That means you're not really into the person that you're marrying and you exactly. like what you like. Now, all of a sudden you want them to change. Why would you want them to change? Cause they're not going to be what you liked. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be that. <laughs> I had an ex-girlfriend once that she, you know, she had some, some, some issues with, you know, depression and drugs and stuff. And she had, you know, she was a thicker girl, you know, I'm a black guy, I like thicker girls, you know, all that, booty and all that. <laughs> and she, she had lost a bunch of weight. You know, I hadn't seen her for a while and she lost a bunch of weight, you know, getting off mm -hmm. track and getting on drugs and she was like, I was talking to her one day and she just looked really bad. It's like almost, it's actually the last time I ever saw her. I wow. saw her and I was like, whoa, I got, I can't do, I got to go. Right. Yeah. She was, like, she was real thin and she's mm -hmm. like, you know, she's bragging to me about it, you know, because she never really liked her natural look. Right. Yeah. Like a lot, like a lot of women don't appreciate mm -hmm. the look God gave them when it's just yeah. fine. But um, <laughs> So I said to her, I said, you do realize the guys that like the guys that you like, don't like the way you look right now. <laughs> You're going to attract a different guy. Because the guys that like the guys that you've been attracted to your whole life liked what you were bringing, mm. and the guys that you're going to attract now aren't going to like what you. Know, you're not gonna. So that's what you're basically saying. Like you hooked up yeah. with a guy that you liked, and now you want him to be something different. You're not going to like the change that you see because you already picked the person that you liked doing the things that they're doing. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean by they should have never got. Why would you marry somebody needing them to change? You're supposed mm -hmm. to marry the person you want, not marry the person you hope they become to be. And yeah. a lot of people do that. I did that. I, I I've been in relationships where I was like, well, I see all these insecurities, but maybe if I treat them a certain way, no, I can't change something I never started. I didn't start. I didn't create the the uh, the insecurity. So I can't fix it. Yeah. I can't fix something I never created. And that gets a little tricky because you're talking about this woman who is trying to better herself and she obviously feels better about herself. Right. But maybe she has grown in a different direction. I mean, obviously, if she reached. No, but her reason for losing weight was drugs. It wasn't. Yeah. If it was drugs. If it was just normal. But she actually yeah. was just, you know, and then when she got off the drugs and got her life back, she got her normal look back and she's been there yeah. ever since. But, yeah. but but what I was trying to let her know was like, well, the look that you're sporting is not the look that attracts the men that you like. 
Mm-hmm. Like a lot of women now who are single complain about not, not getting, I always get guys, as soon as somebody tells me, I always get guys that are not for me. My question is, why do you think that? Why do you think that's happening? Why do you think the only people that come to you are guys that you don't want? It's because you're attracting those guys. Mm-hmm. That's the energy you're putting out. Yeah. You're putting out the energy that attracts that type of guy. Maybe you need to change your attitude in life into another attitude, a happier, more pleasant, and you won't attract those guys. You'll attract the guys that you well, say you want. Yeah, especially with the way that social media is now. I think that a lot of people who are out of relationships get into this phase in their life where they post all their drama on all social media accounts and all their their thoughts. Yeah. So I actually read this book one time. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was about this woman who constantly was in bad relationships. But when she was out of those relationships, she was constantly complaining about men, complaining about her situation and the things that she went through. But I, I am a believer that anything you put out into the world, you're going to get back, right? So she was constantly yep, exactly. putting all this negative feed, like feelings towards this guy, these past relationships out into the world, out onto social media. And guess what she was doing? She was attracting those same types of guys. Those negative and, guys, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's, for some reason, that really worked. Yeah. People, I don't know how people can... This is what's really funny about us as humans. We know that if you put negative energy out, you're going to get it back. But when we're doing it, we act like it's not going to happen. Like, wait a minute, you know, like nothing, nothing pleasant is going to come out of the mouth of a person that's that's angry. Nothing good can come out of you. I think me, I think you and I might have talked about this. I'm, when I get really moody, and I get moody, I told my <laughs> girlfriend, I go, look, when I first met her, I said, look, I get moody. When I do, just leave me alone. Because there's nothing you can say that's going to change my mood and nothing good's going to come out of my mouth. (laughs) You know, I love that because I was actually listening to this podcast actually this morning and they were talking about that exact thing and how when you sometimes when you get into a new relationship, you might tell people stuff like that. Right. You might say, hey, this is me. Um, Other people I've been with in the past have had this issue with me being this type of a person. I'm just bringing it up because I want you to know you what, need to know, right? what no. is, right? <laughs> and they were saying how a lot of people had a hard time with that because they felt like it was something that they were going to scare the other person away with. But the thing that I loved about it was that if you're scaring away that person because of something that is true and honest about you, then that person wasn't meant for you in the first place. And that was the second thing. Truth. Yeah, if you say the they want to be gone, then let them go. You know, that was my number two. So we'll go. Yeah, we can yeah. actually go into number two. Okay, I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll start number with number two. two. It's relationship issues from the past brought into the current relationship. I told my I told Huge. my girlfriend from day one. I said these are the things about me that I think are good things. These are the things about me not so good. <laughs> but I'm working on them. I'm working on all of these things because I don't like these things about me, Mm -hmm. but some of these things about me, you might not think are so great, but I'm okay with them. I like some of the things like people say, you're very opinionated. I like that about me. I don't lie 
in the past, I'd lie all the time just to get by the moment, like you just said. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell her this because she's not going to like, she might not like hearing this, but it's still going to come up one day because you're going to show it one day. So I told her, I go, look, sometimes, you know, I grew up in the Bronx. I grew up with two sisters teasing me. I can get real sharp with the tongue. I can sometimes <laughs> be a little little mean when I'm when somebody, you know, hurts me or, you know. And I said, so when yeah. I do, tell me. And, I, and I'll stop because I don't like that about me. I don't like that. No one deserves that. Yeah. And what's funny is the first time it came up, we got into something and I started going there. And I know I can feel I'm going there. This is why I laugh when people say, oh, I didn't know. I'm like, dude, you know when not when nice things are coming out your mouth and when mean <laughs> things are coming. You know, okay? <laughs> so so she says, so she goes, Idris, you're being mean. I already knew it. I just couldn't stop. <laughs> a word vomit so, just kept going. <laughs> just vomiting all over the place. So she goes, Idris, you're being mean. I said, you're, and I stopped. I took a little circle, a little woosah moment, a little akuna Matata moment. And I came mm-hmm. back and I go, I'm sorry, you're right. Let me say that better. And I said it nice and calm and we got through it. She almost shit the bed. She was like, I can't believe you did. <laughs> she goes, I've never seen that before. And I said, because I meant it when I told you. I don't like that about me either. That's yeah. not okay. In any relationship, that doesn't work. So if you if I do it, tell me. And I will, I will change instantly. And that was probably one of the first things that showed her honesty is always better. Because what people do is this. They're used to people not receiving the truth well and responding in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And they learn to. So I told her, if I can't be truthful with you and you respond in a way that makes me induce truth, so I, I figured if I give her, whenever she's honest with me about something that she doesn't like, if I respond to her in a way that is acceptable, she'll be in, she'll be induced to tell the truth more. Yeah. But if I respond negatively and she's going to be like, I ain't doing that again. I ain't, I ain't mm-hmm. telling you the truth. And that's what a lot of people do. I used to tell my exes, I would tell them and they would fight me, tell them and they would fight me. And then finally I was like, you know what? I just ain't saying nothing. Because if I say something, we fight. If I don't say yeah. something, we fight. I'm just not going to say anything. Oh, well, Idris, that doesn't make any sense. If you don't say anything, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I get the same response. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a safe place to be honest. You have to make your relationship a safe place to be honest. Yeah, 100%. And also, I think that goes along with that is actually being honest with yourself as well. Because I've been in situations where I can't see how it could be my fault, right? And so I'm constantly saying, oh, you did this, you did that, you were in the wrong here. But also being honest with yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to listen to what their feedback is and know that I could possibly be the problem here. And I love that you knew that about yourself and you were willing to have that conversation. Cause I think that's a hard conversation to have as couples when you realize you're the one that's in the wrong and you don't want to My girlfriend's younger than me. She's, I'm 56, she's 44. So I don't expect her to see everything I see. And that's another lesson I had to learn. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. you're a lot older. You've, you have more experience. You you've at a, you're at a place that she has to come to, so you got to give her time to get there. So yeah. just just the other day that happened, and I and I said to her later on in the day, I go, you know, I go, do you respect me and respect me and my intelligence? And she goes, yeah. I go, then how come when I say something to you that you don't like, 
You don't ask yourself before you get emotional, before you give me your, how you, because what people do is they respond to how they feel about what you're saying, not what mm -hmm. you're actually saying, but how they feel about it. Yeah. So I said, how come you don't stop and go, okay, is there any truth to what he's saying? Any, is there any validity to the words that are coming out of his mouth? Before you react, I said, because when you say something to me that I don't like, the first thing I do to go, I go is, is there any truth to that? And if there's some truth to it, then I deal with the truth. I don't sit yeah. there and respond to how I feel about what you said. I'm first going to go, wait a minute. Can you repeat that back to me? So first of all, I got you right. I'm not misunderstanding you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we hear stuff from people and we jump to our own emotion and we misread them. We didn't really hear what they yeah. said. So at first I make sure I, okay, say that again. So I know exactly what you're saying. Then I deal, okay, is that true? And if it's true, then I, I'm like, okay, you know, you're right. I need to blah, 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 blah. People have a hard time because they're not truthful. Like you said, they're not even mm -hmm. honest with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they, you ever talk to somebody and they'll be like, they'll look at, she's done this before. She's coming. You love this one. <laughs> she was teasing. She was teasing. Um, we were talking about, cause I lived in LA. I trained celebrities. I've trained athletes and stuff. So she's like, celebrities have no excuse for being out of shape. They have no excuse for being overweight. They have the money for trainers. They have the money for this. There's no excuse. And I go, mm, it's not that simple. It's not about money. It's about desire. Mm -hmm. I said, I became a professional bodybuilder. I never had a trainer because I couldn't afford one. I, I just did it with no money. I just mm -hmm. went to the gym and tried and tried and tried. I go, it's not about money. I disagree. She just, I disagree. I did. She was just, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> So months later, months later, she's dealing with, you know, moving and her weight's going up and down and fluctuating. And I'm trying to get into the gym and she won't go. And it's so one day I go, I go, remember that time you said to me about celebrities having money and, and that there's no excuse for them because they, she goes, yeah, I go, you have a free trainer and you don't do it. <laughs> you live with the trainer and you don't do it. She goes, oh, shoot. <laughs> Yeah. I, and you know, it's crazy. I love that you kind of play with the psychology when it comes with training somebody, because really it does have to, any type of change that you want, anything good you want in your life, you really have to make sure that your head is in the right spot. And I think that works the same way with relationships. I think even with playing into what your number two is, is you have to learn something from your relationship, from your last relationship. About if you try to go... Yeah. And you have to go into that relationship and be able to say, this is what I saw in my last relationship. And this is what I'm doing to work on for myself. And so I love that you said that because I think it's so easy when you're in a, re a past relationship to think of all the bad and it's going to always be their fault until you can really be honest with yourself about what happened. And if you're not learning from that past relationship, you're not ready to get into a new relationship. And, and let me add on to that. It's it's not, and it can't be, here's what, what I did until I stopped doing this. Listen to people talk about their past relationships. They only talk about the other person. They never talk about themselves. Like mm -hmm. they had nothing to do with it. They were just innocent bystanders. No, you had a role in the breakdown of communication too. You mm -hmm. had a role. If you continue to, like I always tell people, I don't talk about my exes because that's well-documented. That's well-documented. <laughs> my part wasn't so documented. 
So when I started documenting my part, I was like, dude, you had a lot to do with this. You yeah. allowed this or you you participated in this. If if I if I was the man I am today, I'd have been married to somebody 20 years ago and we still be married today. Cause I would have mm -hmm. handled things completely different. Yeah. You see what I mean? I know now, dude, you were the problem here. You did this. You, yeah. I mean, yeah. every relationship I can't say with a with a with perfect relationships, but when I but I know my role and the roles that I played in the breakdown of those relationships. And that's yeah. all. And listen, people, if you're listening, the only relationship, the only part of a, a past relationship that matters going forward is your role because you're the one going forward. The other yeah. person is 20 years ago. Like that person is not meeting this new person, but you are. So if you're the same person you were 15 years ago, this isn't going to work either. You're just bringing, that's what I mean by past issues. People mm -hmm. just drag. There's a comedian. I forgot her name. She was so funny. It was a blonde, blonde lady. Her name was really different, her last name. But she mm -hmm. was talking about women, and she's like, "Yeah, you think these women?" She goes, "She goes, and there, she goes. They meet a guy, and then six months into the relationship, they walk in the house with a satchel full of their old crap, and they drop it in the living room floor and open it up. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy is like, "Whoa." <laughs> And I always, yeah. tell, and I always tell yeah. people, you if you think someone, I was this is my motto: never ever take on crap somebody else started. You finish. Yeah, like I've I heard you say that before, and I actually really like that. <laughs> if somebody else started, try to you fix finish it. that. Yep. Yeah. Finish well, I, before you move on to a new relationship. Yeah. And taking ownership of that stuff is, I think, key because you have to really understand that you played the bigger part in the change that you can create for yourself. You can't allow somebody else or expect somebody else to make that change for you. You can't say, oh, I had all these bad relationships, but this person's better because of this. They're going to fix that thing that I went through. You know, you have to definitely make sure that you understood your role in it so that that doesn't come up again, because there's so many things that in our life that cycle back around. And if you don't deal with them, they're just going to keep coming back. It doesn't matter who new you have in your life. They're still going to come back. And and his, and oh, and by the way, people and women do this more than men do. I'm sure men do it. I never dated a, I never dated a guy, but I never dated a guy before. So you'd have to correct me on this, but I know women do it a lot. They tell you, if you love me, then you'll cater to my insecurities from the past. If you love me. And the real thing is, no, if you love me, you wouldn't ask me to. Yeah. And you wouldn't bring that into the relationship. You wouldn't even bring that here if you loved me, yeah. because there's nothing that there's nothing good going to come out of me catering. Like I had, <laughs> I was dating this girl once and Mariah, and I was playing music in the house and Mariah Carey came on and she goes, oh my God, don't play Mariah Carey. And I was like, and I knew what it was about. And I was like, nope, I'm gonna let her go ahead and step her foot in this one. I was like, why? Why not? <laughs> yeah, I do set people up. <laughs> I was like, why not? And she was like, because that was me and my ex's song and this, 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 and that. And I was like, oh, so now I got to take Mariah Carey out of all of my playlist just because of your, you and your ex. I go, did he yeah. wear Nikes? Do I got to throw all my Nikes away now too? <laughs> I said, how many things do I have to change in my life to accommodate a history you never dealt with? Please tell me how many. She yeah, just me, she just looked at me like this, and in my back of my mind, I'm like, "You're done." 
Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not bringing none of my past stuff into this and I'm not accepting any of yours. Well, too, if they're still stuck in that relationship and those thoughts are still coming through, then they haven't completely ended that relationship. And even if people, it's people not, even if we're not together, they're they still in it. Yeah. You're you know, still I told, I told this one person. girl, I said, this, I said, I don't feel like doing a threesome. She goes, well, I go, me, you, and your ex. Because <laughs> if I'm going to, if I'm dating right now, if I'm dating you, I'm dating you and him. Mm-hmm. And they don't see it that way. And she goes, because I told her, I said, you're still in that relationship. She goes, no, we broke up five years ago. I go, no, you're still in that relationship. Mm-hmm. You just haven't seen him in five years but you're still there. Yeah. And you're still being your, all your emotions and are really you're still influenced by it. Your decisions are by it. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 what do people say? Triggers. If you mm-hmm. got triggers, don't go into a new relationship because that other person has to, it's like a minefield everywhere they step. They got to worry about if it's going to trigger something. And pretty mm-hmm. soon you're just in the most, un- how many relationships have you seen like that? Yeah. A ton. You can't say mm-hmm. this. You can't say that. You can't wear this. You can't do that. Oh, don't do that. That's going to make me feel this way. And that's you know, a my fun favorite relationship word. to be in, right? <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite word is I don't make you. I don't make you feel nothing. You just feel that way. There's nothing yeah. I can say that can make you feel anything, because you could either ignore it or die from it, all depending on where you are emotionally. Yeah. And to let those things, to deal with them, because those things will never go away. They do keep cycling around. If you don't ever put that old relationship and all the issues with it away and you don't reconcile that with yourself, then you're never going to be able to move forward. And nobody's going to want to take on those issues. Like what you're saying, nobody wants that bag brought into the house and dumped all over. Right? No, because I can't fix it because I didn't start it. So no matter, because I've, I've had relationships where I would say to my ex, I'm not, you know, I'm not your ex, right? I'm not Billy. Like you're talking to me like I'm Billy. I'm mm-hmm. not Billy. When, when I say blah, 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 I mean blah, blah, blah. When he said blah, 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 he meant this. When I say it, I actually mean it. And yeah. they don't, and they don't, you can't do that. So what's your number two? My number two is trust and security, not having that um, not having them there for you, you know, just, I think that there's little things that can break trust. There's big things that can break trust, but you have to prove trust and respect for your partner. And so I think that's a huge one. That's my number two. Yeah. I think but. trust is, a. Um, I think trust and security are actually two different things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I usually separate those two. Um, okay. but like we said earlier, they all go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, but see, to me, I had a girlfriend that used to say to me all the time, you have to earn, you know, you got to earn my trust. And I was like, yeah, but I never, I never earned you not to trust. How do I earn your trust when I never did anything for you not to trust me from the beginning? Yeah. I can't earn. Listen, folks, if you ever meet someone that says that you have to earn, they have, you have to earn their trust, you will never earn their trust because you never did anything to lose it. Yeah. They're probably going off past experiences like what we just talked about. Right. And they lose that trust. And for most everybody around in their world, because they obviously were broken down to a point where they're asking people for that before they even have a relationship with them. They're looking for comfort. They're looking for confirmation on like that. You can't possibly ever lie to. If I say to you, you have to earn my before I trust you, you're going to have to earn it. Is that a hundred truths, 
200 truths, 300. Like how many truths do I have to tell before you trust me? <laughs> like I've never lied to you. So yeah. how many truths do I have to tell? And, they're, 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 and it doesn't matter because they just don't trust. They think it's you when the fact is they just don't trust anymore, yeah. period. It has nothing to do with you because you never did anything that's not trustworthy. You just met him 10 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why do I have to earn your trust? Now with me, I like people always say, well, you just give trust away. I'm like, no, I don't give anything. I just, I just watch and see what you do. You have to prove to me I to not trust you. You don't have to earn my trust, but you can earn my lack of trust. Yeah. And that I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of people who just are easily trust trusting in other people. I think that when you have an an instance in your life where someone came in and you shouldn't have trusted them, then all of a sudden now everybody becomes untrustworthy when really you just have to learn that lesson. It's kind of crappy to have to learn that lesson, but you do have to learn that and learn what things to look for in the future so that you know that you can still be a trusting person. And yeah, I, think, I, mean, I think that's a great thing. That I, but see, I, th I don't think it's crappy. I think it's amazing to start realizing. Also, I say to people, what am I trusting you with? My ATM card? Like, what am I giving you <laughs> that that's so important that I can't trust you with it. Honestly, when I, like with you, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. Mm -hmm. But what am I trusting you with? Words? Conversation? Like, this, like, you can't hurt me unless I give you something of value, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I say you don't start a relationship out with love. It's the worst thing to start a relationship out with. Because what happens... How you should, I tell people, just like with me and my girlfriend, we love each other more now than we ever have. Because we didn't, I said, let's not start this in love. Let's just learn to like each other, see who we are, what kind of people we want to be. Let's just forget all this love stuff. Where people fall in love first, then six months down the line, you start making provisions you wouldn't have made six months ago. You start going, well, I know, but okay, well, I'll let this go. I'll let, next thing you know, you're letting things go. You would have never let go six months ago. Mm -hmm. So don't fall in love. Okay, wait. Let the relationship give you a reason. I, my motto is, why do you love me? Give me some reasons to fall in love with you. And that ain't day one, day two, day 10, day 30. That ain't day 60 and day, that ain't six months. Six months is not enough time for me to go, okay, I trust this person forever. Nah, because I was with somebody five years and they were borderline sociopaths and they were lying for five years. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, some people just, you know, they can lie for a long time. So I just, yeah. so I started looking at people for their words matching their actions. That's all. Yeah, words and, match your actions. Yeah, and I think I love that you talk about how it needs to be something other than love. I think that having that friendship and being able to know that you can share space and still like each other. I mean, especially like the marriages that have been destroyed through COVID and everything. It's being in that same space. And I think you forget it how to still away. be friends. Yeah, you forget why you got together in the first place. And so if you only got together for love, which is 
backwards thinking from what we always thought growing up and watching movies, right? Like you're ready for that head over Everybody heels. Everybody says love, love, right? I just, right? just want to find somebody to fall in love with. And then they, they get divorced. I still love them. I just can't live with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to want to spend time with that person and you got to make sure that you enjoy and love the things about them that, that make them who they are, not just know that love feeling, but actually want to spend time with that person. Because if you're not wanting to spend time with that person five years, 10 years, 15 years, that's going to be a long time to not want to be around somebody. I think your story, this is one of the reasons, I mean, I, I don't know if you noticed, but when you was just telling me about you and your husband and I was like, you guys, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Did you just like, wow, he's a little too excited about that. <laughs> Why is he so happy about our marriage? Um, <laughs> Because COVID, while COVID split people up when they when they when times got hard, when y'all went to Hawaii and y'all would y'all never y'all never split y'all never broke, you're like y'all was like it's us against the world, not the world in between us. It's us against the world, and a lot of people. I told my daughter her wedding night, you know, I said, look, I'm, I said a lot of people are going to give you marital advice, and they're in horrible marriages. So I said, right now, whatever you're doing, keep on doing. I said, the only thing I'm going to say is this. If you put her happiness in front of yours, and if you put his happiness ahead of yours, if he's not having a good day, how dare you have a good day? If she's not having a good day, how dare you have a good day? You do whatever you can to make her day better. And then once her day is better, now your day is better. If you do, do if you two do that, you will be able to conquer anything life's going to throw at you. And life is going to throw some stuff at you. But you will never split if you always think about her happiness and you always think about it. I go, and when you start having kids, that little beautiful granddaughter of mine, <laughs> she can't get between you either. It's y'all making decisions for her. It's never me and the baby. No, it's y'all two always come first. Baby second. Y'all two first. Baby second. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a big one in marriages, actually. I've seen oh, that kind of play out with a couple of my friends and the issues that they've had. And, and I think as a mother, it is kind of hard to separate that, right? Because you have this person that you decide to share your life with, and you bring these babies into the world, and they're like, literally from your body. And you think that that bond needs to be of course, bigger. you're going to have a strong bond. You think but it's supposed it, to be bigger, and it's not. Yeah, it it can't be bigger because guess what? At the end of the day, after all your kids grow up and get out of the house, who are you going to be staring at? Who's the person that you're going to be with? Is it going to be your kids? They're not going to be here. They're going to go live their own life, and they got to figure it out for themselves. Also, but Shana, think, person, about, think about this. You chose him. You didn't choose this kid. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> you actually chose this person. Yeah. Like this person doesn't have to be in your life. Mm -hmm. When you get pregnant and you have a child, yeah, yeah, you gave birth to that child, but you got to accept whatever comes out. You know, if it's mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> right? Somebody yeah. gave birth to Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Somebody gave birth to Ted Bundy. Somebody gave birth to Richard Ramirez. Okay. So you don't choose your kid, you actually choose your mate. And that's the person that you get rid of, the person that you chose over. You pick the person you chose over the person that you really have no choice but to kind of love. People don't think about that. I'm like, wait a minute, you chose him. 
Like, why is he all of a sudden second? Why is your wife second to the to a to some to to a baby that you have really no choice over? You just kind of forced <laughs> to love, kind of. Yeah, it's and it's, it's I, real. I think as you go on, it has to be that you still make sure that you are still making those moments happen to have a good relationship. Like my husband and I, we make sure that we at least have one date night a week. And Always. I say at least because sometimes we have weekends where we go and do something different and special. But we always have, it's usually Wednesday or Thursday. That's our date night. We do that for us. And we make sure that it's away from the kids. We make sure that we keep our relationship going because here's the thing when it comes to being married for as long as I have, you get to a point where sometimes you're like, Oh, well, I need to develop this in my life. I need this for myself or I need to go have this fun. But a lot of the time, a lot of the things that I've learned in my life that has worked out so well for me in my marriage is that we plan our experiences and the things that we do to be together, to do those things together. I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to go dancing with my friends and be around other guys when I'm a married woman. Those are bad decisions, right? But I'm going to be at home and making the fun happen between the two of us. I mean, that's a big thing for my husband and I. Us moving to Hawaii, we kind of just left because it was a dream that the two of us had. And we kept talking about it for years and years and years. And Finally, we're just like, you know, we don't want to be old when we live in Hawaii one day. We want to go live there now and have that as our adventure together. Y'all are are making your memories. You're planning your memories. That's what you're Mm -hmm. doing. You're actually planning memories. We're going to go here now, and this is going to be a great memory for 20. I don't think, like I was telling a friend of mine, he, you know, he didn't quite get it. He was married 25 years and ended up getting divorced. You know, Bill Gates was 25 years. And I go, I don't ever, you know, I I haven't had a long relationship like that. But when you have a 20-year relationship, 25-year relationship, and it ends, that's 25 years of equity that you just basically give away. Mm-hmm. And he didn't understand. He was like, no, you learn a lot. I go, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that's how you, how do you get from 20 years to 25 years? How do you get from 25 years married to 30 years? Those 20 years has a lot of good times and some bad times. It's the good times that get you to 25 years, not the bad ones. The mm-hmm. bad ones, you would have ended it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So when you're with somebody for 20 years and you and your husband are 50 and t- times are rough and you're sitting in the room going, God, he's getting on my nerves. But that trip to Hawaii, when we went to <laughs> Hawaii, okay, I can hang in there. We can bring that back because we did it before. Yeah. When you first meet somebody, so I told my girl when I met her, I go, no, we're going to start making memories now. So that as time moves on, like, trust me, she gets on my nerves too. And I get on her. I told her one day I texted, I was like, she was like, one day we got into it in the morning and she left and I texted, hey, I love you. I said, keep in mind, when you're around somebody as much as we are, you're going to get on their nerves. (laughs) (laughs) I go, I said, we got a cute puppy and a cute cat. Don't they get on our goddamn nerves sometimes? She was like, yeah. I go, I don't care. (laughs) If you're around somebody a lot, they're going to get on you. Yeah, she she started laughing. I go, so don't let our little bickering think it has anything to do with our relationship. It's just normal. Yeah, and I think you have to realize that that has to happen for growth. I mean, as we grow older, we're still going to change. We're still going to become different people as we get older. And that's why I think it is huge to be able to make sure that you're growing together and that you're working on your relationship daily. Because if you're not working towards your relationship, I do believe that you're working 
to get out of your relationship. It's going to be done. Yeah. So yeah. And just remember, and I think this is some of the things that people forget. Remember that feeling when you first knew that you loved that person. Right. And we talked about how love isn't one of the key things that you should, you'll stay in a relationship for. Right. But remembering that feeling and wanting to bring that feeling back to your relationship over and over again, it's something that you have to work at. And even like on my journey for being trying to get into a better fitness, like a better fitness condition, I I think a lot of the same things apply with anything in your life. You know, if you want your marriage to work, if you want these things, if you want to have that relationship to where you feel those same types of feelings when you first met, then you need to work at it. You need to actually make those moments happen over and over again. That romance that you had, that that's one of the things that I do love about my husband is that he tries to constantly bring more romance into our life. And it's just something that you don't leave it. You can't leave it where it was five years ago. It has to keep the relationship has to keep changing into new things. Like Mm -hmm. we were doing this before. Now we're doing this. We're doing this. Now we're doing that. We're doing that. Now we're doing this. And you're constantly Mm -hmm. you're constantly making new things happen, which which is what creating new memories New, mm-hmm. And you're doing it together. Like, yo, you see, you guys did what I did. I said, look, I need to, we need to set what our relationship looks like 20 years from now. Not today, 20 yeah. years from now. She looked at me, she didn't know what, because she had never <laughs> talked like this before. And I was like, you have to want to be around me 20 years from now, because that's what we're talking about. If we're talking about being around each other 20 years from now, you got to look at the person and go, can I be with this knucklehead for 20 years? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, can I be yeah. with this person for 20 years? And if that answer is no, what are you doing? What are you doing? I would meet girls for two years. I would date. And they would eat, they would either go a couple of cups of coffee, one cup of coffee, two text messages. I don't care how quickly I'd end it. But the minute I was like, I can't do that for 20 years, I'm out. Yeah. Instantly. And a lot of people was like, well, don't you want to get, I would say, look, I don't want sex from you. I don't want nothing. I just want to know what you're about. Who are you? Yeah. And when you take take when you take sex off, this is really funny too. When you take sex off the table, this at least with women, because women normally control that, right? They control whether or not when we go do the nookie nookie. You yep. know, Steve Harvey in his 90 Steve Harvey in his we'll talk about that. The stupidest thing he ever told women was make a guy wait 90 days. That is the stupidest thing he ever said. Because yes. right now you're you're controlling a relationship with sex. And that is the exactly. worst thing you should ever do in a relationship is controlling mm-hmm. sex. And so. I've heard that many times. So many people say that all the time. And I and it, I think my first thought when I hear stuff like that is, are you trying to make your relationship worse or are you trying to better your relationship? Are you working towards something that you want for your future? If you don't want to have sex and you're going to wait those 90 days just to starve them from that. Are you really giving to your relationship or are you taking away? What do you think? I don't think, you know, and, and he said it as a man and they believed it. But I'm like, this dude, don't take any advice. OK, think about what he just said. Start your relationship out by controlling your man with with your sex organ. Like that is the worst thing you can do, because now anybody who has a half a brain goes, you're going to always use that. Mm hmm. For the entire relationship, when you want something your way, you're gonna take you're gonna take it away. That's the beginning of a really that's like a guy paying your bills and then going, Well, I'm not gonna pay your bill this month because you didn't do what I wanted you to do. 
Mm-hmm. And now you're doing it just to get your bills paid. Now you're on a bad cycle. Yeah, and those are just control tactics. That's oh you. Oh my God, it's the biggest control, the control And not actually being in a relationship. If you're controlling the relationship and telling the other person who they need to be, and that's actually kind of on my list is... What's your number? Go ahead, go to it. That was actually my number four. I don't know if you want to go to... Yeah, go three. to number three. Go to, you do your number three, and then I'll do my number three. Go ahead. Okay. So actually, so, no, no, let's stay with number four because we're on it. Then we'll go back okay. to three. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So my number four was actually expectations that you place on each other. And if they're the right expectations, I do feel like there are good expectations and there's bad expectations. But I do see a lot of people put expectations that are just unreal for the other person. And I think that has a lot to do with each and every one of us actually thinks that the other person will be has the same type of thinking or you, they kind of expect the same things. It's easy to think that what you're feeling is what your partner is feeling. Right. But I think like some of the things that people struggle with, even in my marriage, like, especially starting out, I was not always the cleanest person. I'm a little cluttery. I came from a background that was a little cluttery. Right. Oh, so you're my (laughs) girlfriend and I'm I'm the OCD one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it, so it is something that we've had to figure out throughout our marriage, you know. And these are things that can actually break a lot of relationships. You two need marriage. to be talking. You can tell us some experience. <laughs> like, okay, I feel you, girl. <laughs> However, <laughs> yeah, and it, here's the thing: is if I want to better my relationship, I know that's something that really irritates my husband, right? So if I, if I know that that's something that I can control my relationship in, I could use that against him, right? But are you working towards your relationship and have better expectations? to end a relationship right there. Yeah, yeah. You yeah you I even said that to her one time because she, you know, I was like, can I ask you something? She's like, what? I go, I said, I ask you, you know, to, because I, you know, I'm, I'm home. I, I'm home from work. So I do the dishes all the time. I do the laundry all the time. So she doesn't have to come home and deal with any any of that stuff, right? And I'm yeah. like, I ask you to just rinse the dishes out so that when I go in there to do dishes, I don't have macaroni stuck to the freaking plate like it's a, you know, now we yeah. have a macaroni on the plate. Like, could you just rinse them? Can't do it. Can't do it. And I'm like, I don't think I'm asking a lot. <laughs> like, could you, <laughs> okay, could you so put you your was- shoes? Can you put your shoes in your closet <laughs> instead of having seven pairs of shoes around the house? <laughs> the shoes are yeah. weird. <laughs> So this actually plays into exactly what I'm talking about, because here's the thing is he, my husband, for how many years we've been married, he's always expected that because he wants these things done, that I'm magically going to be able to do them right away and that I'm going to be able to have those habits. But here's the thing. When you have bad habits like that, it's something that you have to practice and you have to habits get better. Habits are hard to break. I tell people the yeah. hardest thing to do is to break a habit. And so if because he constantly, it's, it's autopilot, it's autopilot. Yeah. And now you got to think about that's how dieting mm-hmm. is. When yeah. you go into a fitness program, you can't just get up and do what you normally do. You have to go, oh, wait a minute. I got to make oatmeal. I got to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very hard to do. Which those expectations are real expectations, right? Like you get married, you want to have your life be the life that you want. You don't want to be constantly in this clutter and have these issues, but I think the other part of that is how, when you have an expectation, make sure that your other partner is aware of that expectation and that they know 
they want to try and be better for you. It doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. Still to this day, it's been almost 20 years that we've been together and I still am not amazing at it. But the thing is, is if I don't ever try to be better, if I don't ever make the effort, then that's where we get into trouble. And, And it's also something about I've had to learn. I had to learn to stop having those expectations. Mm-hmm. And that took a, that was very hard to do. I had a, I was a member when I was living in LA and I was dealing with just, you know, being, being let down by people all the time or being, you know, just disappointed. And mm-hmm. there was about three or four guys in, you know, in my world that I liked their demeanor. Demeanor was always, they always had the same kind of energy. And I was like, dude, and, they, and two, like three of them all said, dude, you expect too much, man. You got to stop having, he was like, dude, I used to expect my wife to do this. He goes, Finally, I just stopped having expectations and now she doesn't let me down ever because I don't expect it anyway. And I <laughs> and was that's like, well, actually you- part of what I believe it is, honestly, like make sure as a partner, you're trying to be the best that you can for them. Because again, that plays into the fact that you're either working for your relationship or you're working against it. Right. But yeah. too, even I had to learn that I was setting up expectations for my husband that I actually, so here's an extra part of that, I think. So when I was a young mom and I would stay home while my husband was at work, I would stay home with this young baby. I was trying to make life so much easier for him. So easy to where he didn't have to deal with the kids didn't have to deal with the house, even though I wasn't the best all the time at keeping up the house. It was one of those things where he needed to like I kind of had these expectations, but I had made it so clear to him that I didn't need him in this area, this area, and this area. I was trying to handle all that, right? Well, then I'd get to a day where I was very overwhelmed and I, he comes home and I'm just like, why won't you help me with these things? Like, why are, does, is that just not normal? Why don't you know that I need these things right now? But it was because I kind of set up my expectations and what I expected of him on a daily basis. And then all of a sudden my expectations became unreal because I was going back on what type of life I kind of conditions that I put out for our relationship. And she so did the I same think, thing. She did the same thing. She yeah. had a lot going on and she was overwhelmed by it and she was losing it. And then one day I was like, sit down. She was like, when I go, what, what's going on? I said, you look like you're going, well, I'm trying to do this. And I go, Cause she was like, I need money for this. I need money for that. She, I was gonna, she was like looking at doing some part-time work. And I go, how much do you need? She's like, huh? I go, how much do you need? She was like, well, I need $1,100. I went on my phone. I transferred $1,100. She was like, oh. And I was like, well, all you gotta do is ask. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is having a partner that you can be open and honest about and say, hey, I'm struggling here. She was like, I've yeah. never had that before. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I said, you, I said, you're, I said, what you're doing is you wanted a different relationship. You have a different relationship, but you act like you're in the same old relationships. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're going to have to realize you're not in the same relationship. You're going to have to start to act like you're not. I said, this is a relationship you've been begging for. You have it in front of you and you're not even taking a full advantage of it. Yeah. I said, but but you have to start to, but see, I, like I say, I was already there. So I, I have, I said, I look, I said, look, I don't expect you to figure out in six months, what it took me, I, I started going to counseling when I was 45 and I'm and I, and I learned a lot. And then I just kept learning and learning and learning. I don't go, mm-hmm. I didn't go to counseling the whole time, but I just kept reading and learning. I said, yeah. I've grown over the course of 12 years. I don't expect you to, to learn everything I learned in six months. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I go, I, I'm gonna give you at least 12 years. 
I said, but it'll get you get there faster because you're in the relationship with somebody actively doing the thing that I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to do the same things I'm doing. Like even when it came to us dating, I said, look, I have to earn your love. Don't just give it to me. Make me earn it. Because trust me, you got to earn mine. Mm-hmm. And she kind of looked at me and I was like, but make me earn yours. And see, and most people aren't used to that. They're used to like one person doing all the, like, I don't look at me as the prize. I look at her as the prize. Yeah. Where most people think, I've talked to a lot of single women. They're like, oh, I'm a great catch and I'm this and I'm that and I'm <laughs> this. And I just laughed because I'm like, why do you think you're a great catch? Because I have my own money and I have my own this and I have my own that. I go, okay, but suppose I'm not looking for any of that. Yeah. If you're a catfish and I'm looking for heron, I'm throwing you back. You may be the best <laughs> catfish in the lake, but I'm not looking for catfish. I'm looking for flounder. <laughs> yeah, so, and they're so stuck on like what they can give or what they present. What they bring to the table. They're yeah. caught up, a lot of women today are so caught up on what they bring to the table. They're not even asking if that's the, if, the, if that's what the guy wants on the table. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do these these kind of conversations and doing it with a woman is it, to me is really important because women need to hear you don't even know what the guys are looking for but you yet you think you have what they want. Yeah. You need to find out what guys want. What the guy you're looking for, what is he looking for? Do you have that? And are you like I told my girl, I don't want you to 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 convert to what I want. I want you to want what I want. Like if you want a relationship that's based on honesty and trust, if you know whatever it is, if you don't want that, I don't want you to be with me. Yeah, because like, otherwise you're gonna be one foot in, right? You're gonna be one foot in, one foot out, and yep. you want to be with somebody who wants the same things out of the life. If you come into a first date or any first relationship and you say well, this is what I have and I'm a great catch. Well, that's a red flag for me, I think, as even a woman in saying, do you even have any desire to go on a second date with this guy? Why even waste his time? Because obviously you're putting up walls for reasons and it could just be that you're not interested and you're just wasting his time. I had a girl once, because I asked that question on my Facebook. I said, why do women who say they don't need a man because they got their own stuff why are you on dating apps? If you don't need a man, why are you on a dating app? And uh, this girl responded, and I'm glad she did because I never understood that. I was like, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. If I didn't need a woman, I needed a woman. I ain't gonna, I, I know I need a woman. I need the right <laughs> woman, but I need yeah. a woman. <laughs> okay. I don't play that game. So I said, what does that even mean? And she says, well, a lot of guys talk about women who are gold diggers who want them just for their money. And I said, oh, okay, okay, I get, I get that. I go, but you do realize that whether you have your money or not, okay, I'm going to give a little secret to ladies out there who built their own empire. A man needs to be needed. So if you, if you think you're going to find a quality guy that you're going to tell, I don't really need you, I just, I had somebody say, well, I, I, I want to want the person. I'm sorry, ladies. We want somebody who needs us. Because if you need me, I'm not just disposable. Yeah. Why would I give my heart and soul to someone who could just toss me away at any moment? Because they don't actually need me. Mm-hmm. And no woman wants that either. Why would you want to hook up with a dude that don't actually need you around? Like, oh, you could be. And that's how I was for years. I was in these relationships and I would just be in them. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, if we break up, I'll just find somebody new. 
And I and I would actually say that to people like, well, she's yeah, she's great, but and then when I finally realized after three relationships, the only common denominator was me. <laughs> That's a red flag for you right there, right? <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm never happy. And the only common denominator is me. <laughs> so I went to a counselor and I was like, dude, what am I doing? I'm never happy. And it's, I said, I can't blame it on them because no matter who I'm hooked up with, it ends the same way. What's up? And then we dug in and dug in. And it went back to a, a relationship that started it all where I was hurt really bad. And I said, I will never let another woman hurt me again. And I didn't know. I, I forgot I said that. And let yeah. me put it, out, put it out in the universe. Yeah. I put that out, I put that out in the universe. And it and I and I fit and I and I lived that way for 13 years, three relationships, 13 years now, long, yeah, 13 years later. He 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 kept asking me questions every day. I'd go in there, how you feel today? And then one day it went bing. Oh my god, I remember saying, he goes, Well, congratulations, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, You closed your heart to love and you never opened it again. He goes, You gotta open your heart again. So I yeah. so I learned to open back up. And the first person I get with had mental disturbance. She had bipolar, ADHD, and borderline sociopath. So for five years, I was in that relationship. But when I left, I didn't blame every woman in the world. I said, no, nah, that was just her. <laughs> okay. that was and I just think her. that's going on a lot in the world right now, actually. And that's something that I think is very sad for the way the world is going, where we have these these different ideas that are being placed out in the world that can be very toxic to a relationship. And it's because of past hurt experiences. So when somebody goes out, especially like I I've always had a rule with any, with my relationship that I don't go and talk bad about my husband. I don't go and talk bad about all the awful things he does with my sisters and my mom and my Ooh. girls. Like, we don't do worst, that. Worst thing you could ever do. Yeah. And I think Worse. that that kind of environment is what social media is bringing about in the world today. So I don't only just have my friends that I can go and like hear bad things about men about. I now can hear it all across the Internet. I can see it on so many different platforms. And so those ideas are getting placed in women's heads. And when you've had in men and women. Right. And so you have all these things that keep being told to you every day. And, it, and it's not something you can turn off. It's not like when I was thinking about not having bad information passed around about my husband by going and hanging out with my friends, I could stay away from that. Right. But now we have a world where every time you turn on any type of social media, you're hearing all these ideas about how awful men are or how awful women are. And those can be really bad for relationships because all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I had that same experience. I should hate men too. Or I had that same thing happen to me. I should well, stay away single, from men. There's a saying, you know? single women keep women single. Yeah. They get in they their groups. Are. They get in their groups and they just feed each other. They, they just feed negativity. And then they walk away and they they just can't, they can't get, they're not. Most people don't want to be around people speaking a different language than them. They're not, it's not comfortable. Like that. a lot of people I meet don't like talking to me because I don't talk the language. They want me to... <laughs> I went to this, I had a girl, at this girlfriend I was dating for a little bit and she had these friends and they all had a happy hour. And she was like, come to happy hour with me and my girlfriends. I was like, all right. So I go over there and I'm sitting there with them and I'm just listening to them. And these two are just, they're just going off on this friend and this friend 
comes over and gets drunk and hits on her boy, hits on the other one's boyfriend, and she gets mad and she cusses a boyfriend out because the boyfriend is just kind of, uh, he's just kind of in the middle of it, and he's like, she's talking about like threesomes, and her boyfriend's just kind of laughing it off. So the girl takes her boyfriend to the back and she goes off on her boyfriend. Like, what are you doing? You're egging her on. You need to tell her this, 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 and that, right? So she's going off. So <laughs> they go, Adrice, what do you think? And I looked at them and I was like, are you sure you want to hear what I think? <laughs> now the girl that I'm dating knows me. So she's not saying a word. <laughs> she's like, they do not want, I know she's thinking they do not want to hear what he's saying. <laughs> So they go, no, we want to hear. I go, you sure you want to hear what happens? <laughs> yeah. I said, okay. I said, first thing is, I thought you I said you said this is a friend of yours, right? She goes, they go, yeah. I go, so my question is, is how come you're not helping your friend? You're just sitting here talking shit about her behind her back. That's the first thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. What are you helping her? You're talking crap about her behind her back. If she's a real friend, you would address her drinking. Because anyone that drinks that much and embarrasses himself like that, there's something else going on. But y'all don't seem to be worried about that. Y'all just worried about how you'll feel about her drinking, not that she's drinking. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, how dare you blame your boyfriend for you bringing your drunk friend by? That's like his drunk friend coming by, hitting on you, and he's telling you to fix the problem. That's your problem. Yeah. You deal with it. Don't ask him to deal with it. They didn't. <laughs> and it was like, but you don't understand. I go, no, I understand completely. I just disagree. Yeah. I understand. I just disagree. Y'all aren't real friends. Real friends would be trying to help her. Y'all ain't trying to help her. You're just sitting there talking about it behind her back. Yeah. See, and so women don't realize that they perpetuate the anger in each other and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And that's why there's so many women over 50 single right now. They're just angry. Yeah. And they don't know how to get out of it. I feel sorry for them because I, I met a lot. And I would like within, I'm serious, within two conversations, I was like, nope. And they would they would sit there and go, why? And I was like, well, I don't want to hurt her feelings. So I'll just tell her, you know what? I don't think I'm right for you. You deserve better. It's <laughs> <laughs> an easy way out. <laughs> you deserve better. Let me get out of here. <laughs> you don't want to have to tell it. Bring up the real truth, right? Because that's yeah, just, because I'm like, why would you, no I don't want to leave hurting about. someone's feelings. Yeah. So I would just say, you know what, this isn't going. You know, is this not going to work? Why? I just think, you know, you. I don't. I'm not. The, I'm not the guy for you. I would always say, I'm not the yeah. guy for you, which is true. I didn't yeah. lie to him. I just didn't go into depth. I just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your? What is your? My number. I think my number three age gaps. A lot of relationships, the age gap is too big. And I had to realize that because I was like, okay, if I'm going to be 12 years older than somebody, I need to give them, I need to respect that and think about me when I was their age and what I hadn't learned yet. Yeah. A lot of people can't do that. They, they become the parent. And so that, I actually, never, never I, so I actually was talking with somebody about a theory that had, that we were kind of learning from a podcast or whatever. And they, what they were saying is that a lot of men and women will pick those younger um, age groups because they don't have all the baggage that comes along with it, right? They're trying to stay away from that and of everything that comes with 
somebody going through multiple relationships with age I mean, mm-hmm, with age so uh, when they're younger it makes it a little bit easier because they don't have kids they don't have other relationships that didn't work out they're not already kind of trained in their head to believe a certain thing about a relationship or about a man and so what are your thoughts on that and how just because you've been more in the dating world and dating different ages than I have I've, I've kind of been with the same guy for a, quite a while so um, but I, I kind of want to know what your thought is on that. I think I think it's a. I think that there is, there, of course, there's a, there's a multitude of reasons why people, you know, date like that. Mm-hmm. I think um, a little differently. I think more of it is this person's younger, and I have more control over this person. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. I think yeah. you, like, that's why I told my girl, this is the way I'm doing it. Yeah, I think you should do it the same way. This is what I'm looking for. I think you should look for the same things in me because I can I can just do this and not tell her what I'm doing and just put the blindfolds over her and just pull her and guide her to where I wanted to go. I could do that too, mm-hmm. but I don't want a blind person. I don't want a woman that's blind because one day she may open her eyes and not like what she sees because she is going to get older. But most people I think who date younger people, they know that younger person doesn't have that experience. They almost mm-hmm. can't even argue with you because they really don't know. And I, so I, I see, a, and I know for a fact, I've know people that have done that. That's yeah. what I, I think the age gap thing, that's why with this one, I went to a younger person for number one, because everybody that I was meeting over, because first of all, all I was dating with women over 50. And I started realizing why they're single. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, you're you're really angry. Like you're pissed off that you're still single. Because a lot of women don't like the fact that I've been I'm 50 something years old and I'm single. Really? I'm single. Like that's not what their plan was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I and I completely understand it because I feel the same way. Like I'm single at 50 something years old. Only difference is, is I'm not angry about it. I said, Well, why are you single? Why did how did you play a role in it so that you can fix this problem? And I also had to be comfortable dying single. That was something that was huge. I was like, I'm not settling anymore. So I had to be comfortable if I never find, because I don't think people realize just how hard it is to actually find the right person for you. It's so much harder than people give it credit. Like, yeah, and especially when you're older, seeing just my friends go through what they go through being single, it's such a different world. And I was just looking at this study the other day that was talking about how I think they were saying like 30% more, you have a 30% more chance of ending a relationship or getting divorced by actually meeting online, which that's our whole world and what has it's changing to, right? All dating is online now. And they were just kind of talking about how meeting someone in a, a real space I don't know if I agree with that because of this online. I just think people are not doing the work. They're lazy. Like I met my girlfriend through, like she had saw me on Facebook and she, you know, she was like, I saw you for like a year and I kept, it kept requesting you as a friend. And I kept saying no. And she looked at my, she looked at my page and she was like, he's from Hollywood. He's a bodybuilder. He's an act. He'll never want to date girl from Texas. So she just kept like throwing me off. And then finally one day she said, hi. She goes, and then he comes back with his, you know, talking to me about training. She's like, I can't afford you. I just want to date you. 
<laughs> and we started talking and then it went on from there. And then one day she tells me this. She was like, you know, for a year I've been seeing you. And finally, and she was like, I can't believe you. I said, because that's what I do. That's not who I am. You're too busy paying attention to what I do. That's not what, what I do is not who I am. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's why a lot of people with celebrities, I defend celebrities a lot because everybody acts like what they see on TV is who these people are when the camera's off. And it's not. They're regular people when the camera's off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with like Chris Rock, you know, abused as a child, r- ruthlessly bu- bullied. You know, he went to an all white school, got beat up every day, got sexually assaulted. Like so when Will Smith did that, that brought back all of that stuff from bullying. Yeah, all that trauma. You know? All that trauma will mm-hmm. rock Chris Rock went through that night on that stage. So I always tell people it's you know, you don't know the story, how a person got where they are. So, you know, now that she's you know, we're together, you know, almost two years now, she's like, mm-hmm. you know, I've never been in a relationship that I can do what I want, say what I want. I'm I can just be myself. And that was one of the prerequisites. I was like, I need you, I need to know who you actually are. Like who you are, because I don't want you to be anything for me. I just want you to be you, whatever that is. Can you show me who? That's why I was like, no sex, no none of that. I want to know who you are. And when you take all that off the table, people tend to let, they tend to be a little more honest and open with you. When you just remove the sex, especially from women, women think like that's a control. I had one girl say, we ain't never going to have sex. I go, I didn't say that. I just said, (laughs) I don't want that to be the... Because people make sex the start of a relationship. As soon as we yeah. have sex, we're in a no, no, no. Sex is just feels good. It don't it don't make a relationship last. Mm-hmm. You prolong a bad one because of the bedroom, but you can't. It'll never stay. It'll, eventually, you'll leave going, yeah, it was some great sex, but I had to let it go because nothing yeah. else is right. So I said, we're not going to start the relationship on love. We're not going to start it on sex, and we're not going to start it on money. We're going to start this relationship because I actually can trust you, and you can trust me. I can depend on you. You can depend on me. You feel safe in my presence. I feel safe in your presence. Like all of the, the I can be honest with you. You can be honest with me. It's a safe place to be honest. Like I, I made all of that the prerequisites. And those are like the the points where you're feeling needed, right? If if the woman that you're dating doesn't need you for those things, then she does have one foot out, right? Because she already feels like she can handle that on her own. But everyone why, needs why to Why are you help. here if I don't need you for nothing? Yeah. Why so am I here? I think relationships do get based off of sex. They get do get based off of that. It's, what, it's the worst. Love it's, so, is, right? it's, so, it's, the, it's the shallowest thing. It's so shallow to base your relationship off of, off of sex. And people do it all the time. Yeah. And here's the other side of that. And that kind of actually goes into my number three, actually. And I do yeah, think, yeah, intimacy, yeah. yeah, I do think that intimacy is a huge deal. And I think just the things that we were talking about, making sure that you're not using it to control your relationship. That's very negative. Your sex life can be positive or negative for your relationship. And even if you're having great sex, it can still be a negative thing for your relationship. It depends on what, you know, what your intimacy is as, as a couple, I think, because two, you can be in a relationship and never have intimacy as part of your relationship. And then you end up just being roommates that hate each other and can't stand to be around each other. 
And sex, even, I, sex isn't even as good when you don't really like the person. Mm-hmm. You're just having sex because that's the only person you're allowed to have sex with at the moment. Like that's why so yeah. many people like people talk about cheating. Most people cheat. It ain't about you. It has nothing to do with you. A lot of women think it's about them. What am I? No, they didn't cheat. It has nothing to do with you. They were looking for something else. They needed something else. Whatever it was, they needed that. And they were never honest with you about it. And they were mm-hmm. never honest with themselves about it. Yeah. If you're really honest with yourself, that's why I like, they talk about open relationships. They talk about um, poly relationships, gay relationships, like all these types of relationships, right? And everybody mm-hmm. wants to act like this one is bad. That I don't care what relationship you're in if you ain't being honest with yourself about that relationship. Yeah, 100%. Monogamous, oh, I don't care. If one of you is lying or both of you are lying, no relationship is going to work. Yeah. You have to, you need be, to be able to be open with that. Yeah, 100%. And even in relationships, the longer you're together, that conversation does have to come up more often than not, I think, you know, because I get into moments where I'm like, okay, I need more of this. And even with any type of intimacy, if you're going into that needing and wanting and needing something for yourself and be very selfish in it, then you'll have a completely different um, level of intimacy with your partner. If you go into it wanting to provide what they need in the intimacy part of your relationship, then I think that's just one of those other things where you're working towards your relationship instead of worrying what you're getting all the time. But also having that conversation to make sure that your partner knows what you need as well, because that's very important and not being afraid to talk about it. And I think that's actually a lot of these younger couples that are getting together, they never talk about that. And especially in a world where, or even in the state of Utah, where a lot of couples get together, they don't really even know each other because they're getting married within months of meeting each other. They don't even know what the word intimacy really means because they get married so quick. And then sex is more of, okay, it's just a thing and it's It's poor for women. It's required. It's required. Especially with the way that they're brought up and the thinking that they've had their whole lives, especially if they go from not being in a relationship that has sex involved in it, and then they get married and get into this relationship. They don't know what needs and desires and wants that they need for themselves. How are they even going to know that for their partner? And I think that's just something that they don't even talk about because it's a scary topic and it's maybe something that they're not supposed to discuss or whatever. And people they look at that sex as a taboo, a, a taboo subject. It's so weird to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. how could something everyone does be a taboo subject? Yeah. Something and why everyone not? Everyone does. But yeah. yeah, you can't talk about it. You can't. You can't discuss mm-hmm. it. You can't tell somebody how you really feel. You know, mm-hmm. I, I found a lot of people tell you what you want to hear instead of how you really feel. I used to do that and I stopped doing mm-hmm. that. Like I'm telling you a lot, like my girlfriend, even now she's like, I can't believe some of the stuff you say to me. Like, I'm <laughs> like, wow, he did he just say that? <laughs> and I go, but it's, it's true. It's just true. I go, you, I go, I bet you, you, I bet there's no, she has not one question in her head about who I am. Because I never, there's, there's nothing that I don't, I don't tell. I tell yeah. stuff she don't want to hear. You know? <laughs> I'd be like, damn, okay. <laughs> but 
but you kind of have to be that way. I mean, you don't want to be guessing what your partner's thinking because then you might also think that they might not be honest with you because you just don't know and you just haven't asked that question, right? Allow your partner, allow them to be honest. Then you can't tell the truth about other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if if there's something that you can't tell the truth about, then that list starts to grow. Like if you... Like I always tell people, like when it comes to when it comes to dating apps, and people, all you ever see is a headshot. You never see the rest of their body, <laughs> unless I'm going to date your your head only. I need to know what the rest of you looks like. Yeah. Why would you only put your head? If and if you're ashamed of showing the rest of your body, why would I like it? If you don't even like it, why would I like it? Too that goes even putting- further too for women because if you're not comfortable with the person that you want to date seeing the rest of your body you're obviously not comfortable with yourself you're not proud of your body yeah and you're you're not going to be ready for a relationship because you're not even you don't even love yourself at that point you're like Like, kind of hating yourself and these filters that everybody's using i'm like you do know when you show up in person you don't have a filter (laughs) like what are you going to do when you they see the real you and a lot of people, they'll, they'll risk it. I mean, I've had women tell me guys with pictures of themselves 20 years ago, and then they show up, and they're like, like, who are you? Where's the dude from the, <laughs> from the app? And these guys will be like, well, you, I'm like, whoa. Like, that I could never do. That would be so embarrassing. <laughs> I hate these filters, actually. It's funny because I have a few friends that I've seen use them, and and I get it. Like we all have our insecurities and we all want to present ourselves as being the best person. But especially on a dating app, you've got to realize that you're going to have to meet them at some point in time. You're going to have to meet them. And like, it also actually, I think it's bad for you and your self-love for who, how you value yourself. Because honestly, that's just telling everybody and telling yourself that you're not good enough even for yourself. Thank you. It tells you everything. It tells you. That's yeah. why I, I'm telling you, like, I would, my dates would go, like, maybe a cup of coffee. Definitely not two. Because I would, because I just, I would know what to ask. And the biggest thing was, is, like, I've had people say, well, well, you know what? I'm not really, you know, I'm not really cool with that. But, you know, I could, you know, I could be. I'm like, nope, we're good. <laughs> we're good. I could be. I could change for you. No, that's not actually. No, I don't enough. want you to change for me. I don't, I don't want you to change for me. Yeah. If you're going to change, like me. If I told her, if there's something about me that you don't like, but I also don't like it, I'm already working on it anyway. I'm not changing that for you. I'm changing that because I think I need to change it, period. It just needs to be changed. And being willing to work through it for yourself. And I loved how you it were saying earlier. Yeah, I loved how you were saying that you had all these similar relationships and you had the same outcome in these relationships. And you took the opportunity to say, hey, I don't know what I need out of a relationship. I don't know what I need to give in a relationship. I need to go find an outside source that can teach me how to be better in my relationship. Because guess what? All when I you did. first get married, yeah, is especially if you're young and you get married, you've got to realize that there's going to be things because you're changing. You're each of you are going to grow and evolving. Yeah, and what's really evolving. cool about and what's cool about when you date over should be when you date over 45 you should have a foundation by now mm-hmm. you should have a you should have a pretty clear picture by now so when i when i would meet people because i didn't want to date i would the people was like well you look you know you could date girls in their 30s i'm like no i can't 
<laughs> Remember, one, my son is in his 30s, so no thank you. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> number two, I know what it's like when I talk to him. I can't talk to a girlfriend that way. So no thank you. I don't want that same conversation. So yeah. when I would talk to older women, but they sounded like they were 35. And what's really funny, people, if you talk to somebody and your response to them is like you're talking to someone younger, that's because that's how they're talking to you. It's not that you see them as younger. That's the interaction. You're not interacting with a 45-year-old. You're actually interacting with a 35-year-old. Yeah. And I realized that too. I was There's this girlfriend I had and she used to be like, you, you know, you talk to me like I'm your son. And I was like, no, I don't know. And then I was like, no, I'm talking to your behavior like I talk to his behavior. I'm responding the same way because y'all are behaving the same way. So when you date somebody younger or older, that's why even dating somebody older can be tough for somebody younger because this person is always like, like, I've been there, I've done that. That doesn't excite me. Like my girlfriend, a lot of stuff she'll be all excited about. She's like, what do you think? I'm like, oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you don't get excited about nothing. I'm like, I'm sorry, I've done it a thousand times. I'm sorry. <laughs> like Vegas. Like she's I've like, never done it before just to make her happy though. <laughs> I try. <laughs> That's like, important. You, you gotta be there like for she, her and her excitement too, right? Like she goes to Vegas, like, oh my God, I've been to Vegas a thousand times. <laughs> you know, so she's like, I'm like, let's go. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> she just laughs. She's like, oh, "You get on my nerves." I'm like, "I'm sorry. I'm trying." <laughs> oh God. Let me see. What's the number? Let me see. Uh, Are we at oh, number five? Number four. Number four oh, for number me is shot, shotgun weddings. Shotgun, shotgun weddings. weddings where people. I got, oh my God. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I've had guys actually say this. Well, we've been together 10 years. I owe it to her. What? <laughs> what did you just, like, so you don't want to get married. You just, ma I said, one day you're going to wake up married and don't want to be married because you didn't want to get married anyway. Yeah. Or women who force guys to marry them. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you want somebody to marry you that doesn't want to marry you? Like, I don't even, like, you can't possibly think this is going to work. He doesn't yeah. want to marry you. Why are you that's forcing like, them to? Yeah, that's kind of how I feel when people end up cheating. Like, say your partner cheats on you and you immediately go to blame that other person, not your partner that actually cheated on you and you're mad at that other person. But really, you should be mad at the person who stepped away from your relationship. And it probably had to do with many things leading up to that, right? But they're the person who actually did wrong to you. And you need to realize that that's something that you need to realize for yourself if it's something that you're willing to fix, because it could have been something like that where they were kind of put into that situation. But really it's knowing real. so where the person Before from. people get their feelings hurt, they need to ask questions. They need, like a lot of people, this is what I mean by not having expectations. I don't have any expectations of my, of, of my, of my girlfriend because she can do, she has free will to do whatever she wants to do, okay? She can leave me today. She can come home from work and go, I'm out of here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> now, I can be hurt from it, yeah. But, so I always tell her, look, I can't live my life. And this is what I was doing. I was living my life expecting people to do what they said they was going to do. 
And when they let you down, there's this big roller coaster of emotions I was on. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm tired of being on an emotional roller coaster every time someone doesn't do what they say. I can't, I can't keep living this way. I have yeah. to have control over my emotions. So when I started getting stronger with my emotions, with some of the spiritual stuff, the Untethered Soul book that I sent you, teaching mm-hmm. me, you need to appreciate what you have right now because you don't know what's going to be here tomorrow. And what yeah. happened in the past is already gone. So mm-hmm. shouldn't you just focus on what you have right now? So when I meet people, I don't care if I ever see them again. I'm going to make sure that I enjoy this moment because I might not see them again. Yeah, Something might happen to me on the way home. Something might happen to them on the way home. So once I learned to just be thankful for today, this, this conversation we're having, be thankful that enjoy the daylight side of it. Don't make it a bad conversation. Make all of your conversations good because they could be your last conversation. And mm-hmm. that's why, like, my girlfriend's like, you know, when we get into any kind of disagreement or argument, we it never lasts more than 15 minutes. We'll get into it, and I'm like, done with that. That's all outside stuff. That's just stuff that happens in life. Um, one of my biggest problems, one of the biggest things I see, and I had to learn this, is there's a difference between... When you meet somebody, you got to know who you are and what matters to you the most. And you can't give those things up. You got to have that list of, Mm -hmm. I call them non-negotiables. These we do not negotiate on. Mm -hmm. Some people's lists are a little too long. (laughs) (laughs) That can't be a long list. (laughs) It needs to be a short list. You can't. And then there's a list over here of negotiables. And you know what the, the, the primary list of negotiables are? pet peeves people actually break up over pet peeves like you mm-hmm. me and your husband have a pet peeve about cleanliness mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a marriage ender that shouldn't yeah. be a deal breaker that's a pet peeve so i told her look one day i was like okay you're not gonna put your shoes where i want them where you're supposed to you're not gonna do this you're not gonna do that i gotta stop expecting you to do it because I've been looking for it for two years. It ain't happened. It ain't really happened yet. Yep. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all your shoes and I'm going to pile them up right over here next to your bed. So I can't see them. <laughs> so after a few pile ups, she's like, okay, okay. <laughs> but now I wasn't upset anymore because I didn't have to see it. <laughs> Wait, you're not making her mad at the same time, right? <laughs> That's the way you want to do stuff. That's fine. Just do that in your space. Yeah. Don't do that in mine because I'm not, if I'm not interrupting your space with my behaviors, then you shouldn't interrupt my space with your wow. behaviors. You see what yeah. I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. not like me being clean is making, is, is ruining your day. <laughs> Maybe so clean, I hate it. it. <laughs> like, no, nobody ever says that. God, I hate that this bed is made. Like no one says that. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, well, since you have to do that, let's just put that in your corner. And that way I don't see it and I'm not upset. And then she started, well, and then she, so we're moving. She, she has this chair, like with all her clothes. On. Like I'll do the laundry. I put all my stuff away and hers just piles up, right? <laughs> so she, so we get this, we get this new place and she shows me the floor plan and being funny, she puts the chair with all the clothes on it inside her <laughs> closet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She goes, look, there's a chair with all my clothes on. And I go, oh, you think you're funny, huh? Okay. <laughs> but hey, but you don't have to see it. I'm like, you're right. And I'm like, yeah. 
<laughs> I like it. At least you're having fun with it and making sure pet, that because it's a pet peeve. And I even yeah. told her. I even told her. I said, "Look, here's the deal. There's things that you're gonna do that's gonna drive me nuts, and I'm a and I'm a go off." I go, "But you don't have to change. I'll change. I'll get used to it." Yeah. I said, "You ain't gonna like my response. Sometimes I'm gonna be a little a dick about it, but you do not have to change. That's my problem. I will figure it out. I'll eventually accept these things." These things, no, these that these are the non-negotiables. This week, this this right here will break us up. Yeah, this over here, these are my pet peeves, these are my issues. And I've seen so many people break up over pet peeves. Well, too, I think just like we were saying before, you just always want to be better for your partner, right? And so you don't want to have those expectations that are gonna always let you down, where she also needs to step up and say, Hey, I know this really drives you crazy and I'm gonna work at it and I gotta change my habits, but it's not gonna change overnight. And some of those habits will still linger on. And that's why I think it's a two way, um, two ways that you need to work on it as a couple, just so that you can make sure that that isn't the biggest deal in your relationship. And that doesn't break you up because I've seen it in my own relationship where we fight and fight and fight over these little things. When but they're, pet, really... but they're pet peeves. You can't yeah, break up over a pet peeve. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I said, like when we, when we met, I was like, okay, here's the non-negotiables. This, if we don't have this, we don't even need to talk. Yeah. And I said, I need to know what yours are. Like, what are yours? Am I okay with your non-negotiables? Are you okay with mine? Because I, I love that. I love that you did that. Yeah. Well, a lot of people sacrifice. They'll go, well, you know, relationships take sacrifice. You, sacrifice means something that you need you're giving up. You can't give up something that you actually need. So when the people say, I go, no, no, you don't sacrifice anything for a relationship. There's got to be a list of negotiables and non-negotiables. This we can negotiate with the clothes, the dishes. We can negotiate all of that. But honesty, safety, no, we don't. Those are negotiables. Yeah. Those are non-negotiables. I got to know, like we, like she's on my, like I, I saw this one thing and these guys were talking about women having their, um, if like checking their phone like looking at their phone or that kind of stuff. And these mm -hmm. guys were like, well, you know, you got to have your, you know, your own private, like we're, we're in a relationship, but I still need my private time. And I told my girl, I was like, there is nothing that I'm doing that I can't tell you that I'm doing. There was nothing on my phone that you, that, that you can't see. Yeah. She has the security to my phone. She has my phone on GPS. I have her phone on GPS because something could happen to her and I, and I can find her. She could get into an accident. So if I got this, nothing I'm doing that you can't know about. There's no place that I'm going that you can't go with me. Yeah. And, and when, so when, and I told when any dude does that, ladies, any person, guys and girls, that somebody needs time without you know, being accountable, do not mess with them. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, be we, we have the same thing where we both can get into each other's phones whenever. And it's such a peace of mind to be able to have that trust, you know? I know that anytime he wanted, he could look at my phone, but he doesn't usually. I, I mean, no I don't and that's the there's best no part. reason. Yeah. That's the best part is they never do. Like, I never look at her phone. Yeah. <laughs> she never looks at my phone. And I train women. Okay. I get women blowing my phone up on Facebook all the time. Yeah. And I was listening when I met her. I go, I train women. If you can't handle that, I'm not the guy for you because I'm not, I'm not going to end my business for somebody I just met. I ain't yeah. doing that. You have to yeah. be okay with that. 
And she was like, no, I'm cool with that. And she she is, you know, I'm talking to women all the time. I talk mm-hmm. to them when we go out all the time. But I, she knows I'm not interested. I'm 56 years old. 99.9% of the women out there get on my last nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that's the way that it is for men. As they get older, they're like, uh, they kind of narrow it down to what they want, I feel. My husband, I think, is the same way, where he's just kind of getting sick of all the nonsense. Of- I'm- I love men hanging. I love women, talking right? to women. I love we laughing. But to date, I was like, you know how hard it was to find you? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your mind if you think I'm going. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and that's the type of security that we need, right? And that's why when somebody comes and says, I don't need you for anything. You're like, no, you do need to need me because I need to know that I am an important part of your life. I have to be the important part in your life. The most important. I can't believe people actually are like, I don't need a man. Then why would you, then why are you dating? Like, what do you, I don't understand how they don't see that. Like you want to not be like marriage. Every girl I would meet, I would say, will you get married again? If they said no, I was gone, done. And I told her, I go, it's not that we have to get married. But the fact that you won't, you're one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Why would I give all my time and money and effort and love to somebody with one foot in, one foot out? Why would I yeah. do that? I'd be a fool. <laughs> I'd be a fool. And a lot yeah. of these women don't realize that. They ruin the relationship before it even starts. But if you're talking to a guy with anything about him, anything about him that's that's real, you ain't got a chance talking like that. And I tell everybody, you want to know about somebody? Go on their Facebook, see what they write, see how they respond to things. Mm-hmm. Watch a TV show with them and ask them how, they, listen to their comments about the TV show. Just listen to them. Yeah. See if a person's cheating, see how they respond to that person cheating. If there's anger yeah. behind it, if, if there's understanding, you can tell a lot about a person just by watching they respond to other things around you. They don't have to do it with you. Just listen to I, I oh I listen so well. I've learned to listen so well. <laughs> I would talk to these well, girls and I was like with social media, you learn everything about a person. I've even been to job interviews where they say, Oh, I pulled up your social media accounts and this is what I learned from you. So if you think that people do not read or watch your life from a distance, you are you unless you're completely removed, you know. You have they, to. Yeah, you you can't help not, right? How many if of jobs us, like, are doing it? Like, if jobs are doing it, why would you? If you think about it, if a job is doing it, don't you think you should do it as the, to date somebody? Just yeah. read what they write, read what they respond to, see how they respond to things. Yeah, and be intentional with the way you're posting anything and know that people are going to be able to read that. If you're putting information out there that says that you're that you don't want to be with somebody who's awful, you don't, and you list all these things. Well, they everybody already knows what you are listing out that you usually look for in a man. <laughs> and that's also, what you're gonna go look for. Also, just the, I have some friends, old clients and friends, that I, I'll I'll hit them up on a private message and go, Would you stop posting stuff like that? They're like, What do you mean? I'm like, do you let me tell you what I'm reading when I see your post? This is yeah. an angry woman. This is a woman who's angry. This is a woman who's desperate. Like when people put that, the qualities of a Dries, loving, <laughs> likes to go for long walks on the beach. <laughs> like, I'm like, 
where's the other list of the things that ain't so great about you? If you're going to put yeah. the great things, you got to put the other things because we both have two <laughs> sides. You yeah. actually think people are going to read that and go, oh my God, she's perfect. <laughs> That's the hope, right? <laughs> That's what they think because they actually write that. I'm like, no one's going to do that. Yeah. Anybody who's yeah. worth it, the only... Ladies, the only man that's going to want you because you have money is a man that's trying to use you for your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because most men, real men, don't care about your money. Yeah. We care about all the other stuff. We plan. I have never been in a relationship where I didn't, but most of my money went out to pay for stuff, paid for rent, paid for that. Most of my money is the one that's being, being used. So why, So I'm not looking for somebody to flip that. I don't need that flipped. Okay. Yeah. So why do y'all think that's what we want? No, a real dude wants all the other stuff. <laughs> I got the dinner, but you know, <laughs> you know, like I got the dinner. I'll cover that. What about you over here? Yeah, they 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 they're not listening to us. And they listen to other women. The worst person to get a relationship to get advice from for about a man is from a woman. Get it from a man. They'll tell you, we'll tell you exactly. This is what we don't like. Get that, yeah, at least get that information from a source that somebody's been successful in that in, right? Because usually you Well, somebody like you can tell you, well, this is what my husband does. This is but it's still, but if you look like me, I don't take you think I take you think I take relationship advice from men about women? No. I talk to <laughs> women about women. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm serious. <laughs> I've always talked to like, what to explain this to me. Like when I'm doing this, when I'm doing that, oh, this is what she's hearing. This is how she's looking at that. I'm like, oh, okay. Cause yeah. I didn't realize that. I'm not going to ask a dude. I would never ask a dude. <laughs> I've never in my life asked a dude yeah. about relationship advice. I asked guys about personal, like those guys I said, I was like, you know, I like your demeanor. It was like, oh, well, because I don't have expectations. You did. So that was, that's a personal. I like the way they carry themselves. So I wanted to carry myself yeah. the same way. I want the same energy they put off. I met Jimmy Fallon and Arnold Palmer one time. And those two guys out of all, and I met a lot of celebrities, but out of everybody I met, those two made me feel like I was related to them. Like they made yeah. me feel so warm in their company. And I was like, okay. I spent like a half a day, with, uh, like about five, six hours with Jimmy Fallon on a golf course at a uh-huh. tournament. And I spent, and I ran into to Arnold Palmer twice in his restaurant in Palm Springs. And both times he invited me over to his table. Wow. One day I go and he invites me over to meet me because he sees I'm all big and muscle headed up. And he's like, what do you do, young man? You look incredible. you know." And I was like, I'm a pro bodybuilder. Da, 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 da. He goes, do you like golf? I go, I love golf. He's like, he goes, you do? And his son goes, you're too big to golf. I go, well, it ain't pretty, but I'm pretty good. <laughs> and I said, well, your father's swinging pretty like it used to be either, but he can still score. He goes, you're absolutely right, young man. This is my wife. We all took pictures. Then four years oh, later, wow. I was in there again with a buzzer in my hand waiting for them to buzz me. And I get a uh-huh. tap on my shoulder and it's Arnold Palmer again. No and I way. turn around. He's like, he's, he, he's passed away now, but he's like five, six. I go, uh-huh. hey, I put my arm around him. I go, hey, how you doing? I go, you probably don't remember me, but I was here, you know, a few years back. He goes, no, I do remember you. I came over to say hello. Oh, nice. And I was like, all the people this dude meets and he remembered me. Now, yeah. I am a little bigger than the average bear, so that might be <laughs> <laughs> But um, those two guys were the first people to make me feel like they knew me forever. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? How yeah. do I have that kind of impression on people? And don't you so, want to be with somebody who has that impression on other people as well? 
I think that's a huge thing for me when I'm out, when my husband and I are out and we're with friends and stuff, I know that our friends want to be friends with us because they love both of us different in different ways. And they want both of us in their company for different reasons, but we add to those relationships. And that's what I feel like you want in a partner because you want to know that they're going to make other people feel that way as well as making you feel that way. And I think that's really- But also the close, the more more sounds you get, the less friends you have, you got to get used to that. Like the more, the more you become at peace, the more people are are out of your life. Yeah. And you got to be comfortable with that. A lot of people, like I train clients and as they change, I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now, ladies, when you lose weight, you're going to lose a lot of friends. They get real jealous. And then it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. want to see your success and be happy for you. It'll happen every time. Yeah. I was watching this thing one time and she was talking about how we each have our own light. We're this candle, right? And if you surround yourself with people that want to cover your light or want to dim your light or want to blow out your light, your candle, those aren't the people that you want to be around. You want to be around people who are going to lift you up and say, hey, this is a great light. And I'm also I also have my light up there with them as well. And you're comfortable having your lights together, that it's not just my light needs to be the top light and I think that's the hardest thing. I think for some people, it's really easy to be there for people when they're having a hard time. But I think it's actually even harder to see somebody that you love or somebody that you look up to and see them have greater successes than you do. And I and I've seen that happen with so many people in my life. And I think that that is one of the things that you need to want for your partner too. You know, you want them, their light to be shown. You want them to constantly grow and get better. And you want to see their success, be there for their success because you want them to be there for your success as well. Here's something that, you know, you might know this, you might've seen it, but when it comes to, you know, a lot of stuff that we're talking about apply to men and women. And then Mm -hmm. some, some are more men, some are more women. When it Uh comes to emotional stuff, like there's a saying this is a little off, but this, there's a saying when a woman gets cheated on, she's devastated. When a man gets cheated on, it's a catastrophe. And women think that they have this, this lock and hold on emotions when it comes to sex. Men are way worse than women when it comes to being hurt from being cheated on and stuff like that. Way worse. It's just that we're not allowed to show it. Men have to pretend like they're not hurt. So we tend to get mad. That's why most men get mad when they get hurt. They don't cry because men are not. Remember, we're taught men don't cry. Men don't show those things. So women tend to think like I've had so many women over the years go, no, it's different when a man, when a woman and a man have sex is completely different. Women have this, they, they kill me. Women have this thing that happens. And when we have sex, it, I'm like, no, you don't. I go, no, y'all just base your sex organ on how intimate that is and how important that is. So if I'm going to give this away to somebody, that's the importance you'll put on it. I go, but trust me, trust me. I have never heard of a woman and a a man, a husband and a wife getting divorced and the wife killing the husband, the kids and herself so that she don't, he don't date nobody else. Men do that a lot. They do (laughs) a lot. Mm-hmm. So don't sit there and tell me that you guys no men are way worse. They just hide it better. They just you know they yeah. just let let get into a room full of men and you hear the men talk. They'll talk about it with their homies though. 
<laughs> yeah. Their homies will know how pissed off they are and how hurt they are. Yeah. I mean, there's men that won't, don't want to. I always tell women, well, if you break up with your husband, you'll be like, I don't care who he's screwing. He just ain't screwing me. Some men, I don't want her with nobody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. I don't want her dating nobody and they'll stalk you. I don't know how many women I know that have been stalked by exes and they can't even date because the exes will threaten the relationship. Threaten yeah. them. Women don't do that. Women are like, I don't care who you touching. You just ain't touching me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is kids, dude. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So I think that we kind of covered all of mine. Did you still have a no, number you five? Your fifth, your fifth one. My, my last one. I know. Was- we kind of talked about it, though. It was just kind of what, the what was it? part of it. Just being selfish, you know? Oh, okay. My, my last one and you is cultural and religious diversity not lining up. Yeah. You know, people hook up with people who are into a, a religion or a way of life that's completely... Like, my sister... My younger sister married a guy who was from Africa, not mm-hmm. just like us, African-American, whatever that yeah. is. He was actually from Africa. And I'm like, do you know anything about his culture and how women are treated over there? And she found out they do not. Once they have kids, you do all the work. He ain't doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. And he did That's- absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's one of those things that's non-negotiable, right? That has to be on your list. If you feel really strongly about a religion or even where you're from, it's ag- it actually plays into a lot of aspects of your life because we all watch our own movie. I like to kind of describe it as that. Like, even though my husband and I are living in the same house, even though my kids are still here in the same house, we all see a different movie. And when you're seeing, when you're in a relationship with somebody who sees a different movie that's completely outside of your world, you need to know those things. Those are very important things. I told her that when she, I said, he's from where? She told me, I go, do you know what their culture is like? Because he was raised under that culture. So mm-hmm. he's going to have expectations of you as a wife that you don't know nothing about. And, you know, and I've seen a lot of women date people from, different countries where the women aren't exactly, you know, looked at as like, like women in America complain about the way they're treated and they have yeah. a right to, but boy, they, they, if they saw some other places, <laughs> they'd be like, Whoa, okay. That's way worse. Not that it's okay, yeah. but wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Like in, in, in some of the, like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I, I was talking to this girl once we just, she lived over there and she was like, Oh, I can't shake. If I'm with my boyfriend and we go up to one of his friends, I have to stand up to the side while they talk and he can't look at me or talk to me. It's almost like you're just invisible. And him and the two guys can chop it up and he's not allowed to speak to her. The other guy, the friend, shake hand, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I'm like, trust me. Yeah, there's some issues over here and we do got to work on them. But I'm just telling you, y'all don't know. So you can't marry somebody from a place that sees things that way. Because as soon as they yeah. hook up with you, you're going to, and within weeks, I, I met, I knew this girl in LA and she was a friend of my son's and we did acting class together and stuff like that. And then one day I saw her at the gym and I was like, and she just walked right past me. And I'm like, mm, okay, that was a little odd. <laughs> right? And then, and then, but then her boyfriend was like, Hey, Adrian, how you doing? I was like, Hey, what's up? But she wasn't smiling or nothing. 
and they were mm -hmm. from Armenia. He, they was Armenian. Mm -hmm. And um, over time, I said to Adrius, I said to my son, I was like, dude, so Nena is like, she's kind of different. He was like, it's that dude she's dating. She ain't allowed to talk to nobody. She, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And she and finally didn't even know it because of the way his personality was, right? Oh, he was so nice to me. Very manipulative. He was so nice to me. Big smile. Hey, he was just. <laughs> and I'm like, why is she there? Like, what is? And she finally got away from him. Thank God. But still. Yeah. So you gotta. So that's one thing I think a lot of people do. They get into relationships with people who have these religious beliefs or these cultural. Like I grew up in the Bronx. You know, Alicia's from out here in Colleen, Texas. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times we'll talk about stuff and I'm looking at her like this. Come on now. <laughs> She's like, what? Now, I'm like, I'm when like, I worked in Hawaii, it was crazy because I did work in the tourist industry, right? And so I would see people from all over the world and to see the different cultures and different relationships, I was blown away at some of them. And it does make you see America in a different way, in a different light, in the way that we deal with our relationships. And, and, and actually, know that. yeah, and just, it, just your history in general. I'm like, you know, you no. Know, before we finish up, like I told my girl once, I go, I had to, when I talk to people, I had to start realizing, I grew up in the Bronx, I've lived in five different states, twenty-two different cities, I worked on death row at San Quentin Prison with serial killers. I was an ICU nurse. I put dead bodies in the morgue multiple times. I've done, so, I'm like, I'm not going to look at life like someone who's just been sitting in, you know, in an office most of their life in one, they lived in one town their whole life. We're not going to see things the same way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I had to, I was like, you know what? You got to realize I had a, a, two clients. One was the ABC, the president of ABC TV news, uh, Walter List. And another guy was a Canadian um, oil guy. And I would train them, and they would they would look at me sometime and go, Idris, and I would go, I don't understand why people this. I don't. He goes, they go, do you realize how much you've seen, dude? <laughs> he goes, you really think everybody sees things the way you do? Are you crazy? No, they don't. And I was like, he goes, you need to ease up on people, dude. You need to ease up, man. Yeah. He goes, most people don't have the life. They haven't seen what you. You've been a pro bodybuilder. You traveled around the world. You. You've met all kinds of people. Most people have that. They only seen a celebrity on television. Yeah. Most people. And I was like, you know, you're right. And it taught me a valuable lesson. I had like, you know what? Take it easy on people. They, you know, they don't see, they just don't see things the way you do. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not open like you are. You've seen enough where you're comfortable. Make, I'm very comfortable changing my mind. Very comfortable. If you, if we're having a conversation, now don't get me wrong. You can't make me change my mind for nothing. You got to come real with it. But if you prove to me what you're saying has some validity to it, it's going to definitely make me go, wait a minute. I need to relook. I need, I need to rethink that. Yeah. You know, and I'm not afraid to. It doesn't make me feel less of a man to change yeah, my mind. Where a lot of people do. That. Yeah. And I think you have to in a relationship, especially when you're learning about the other person, because there's going to be expectations that you have just because that's the way you react to things, you know, and you expect everyone else to react the same way. But we all come from different backgrounds, different experiences that have brought us to that point. And if you and think you, you can change an adult's 
decision on something like that that's important then and you gotta know you, why you react the way you do you gotta exactly. like how can how can i talk to you if you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing remember i asked you as i think i was going to ask you this before you ever talk to somebody and they'll sit there and go i can't believe i mentioned my girlfriend saying about the working out stuff but they go mm-hmm. i can't believe that she would blah 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 and you're looking at them going that's you <laughs> <laughs> you do that <laughs> And if you tell them, you, you don't, don't even do know that. that you're doing it, right? You know, you know, you do that, right? No, I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's easier to point out the flaws in other people and not see them in yourself. I've done that myself many oh, times. <laughs> I did it when I was training clients. Like they would tell me something, I'd be like, "No, what, what do you think, Adrice?" And I'm like, "Well, but and I would say it, then I walk away. Boy, that was some good advice. You might want to take it. <laughs> You sure could have given advice, but you sure ain't doing half the shit you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's, when I started, that's when I started changing. I'm like, you know what? You give some pretty good advice. You might want to start using some of it. Yeah. And I started cha- I started slowly, like, using the advice I was given. You know, yeah. and now I kind of live. Preach. Now I live my advice. I live my advice. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that it's easier to give advice than it is to actually live by some of the advice you're giving because it's change. It's something that you have to make a different habit. And it's, yeah. What's that song by Michael Jackson? Looking at the man in the mirror? Yeah. You got to start with the man in the mirror. A lot of people don't start with the man. Most people try to change everything around them to suit their, 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 their needs instead of changing themselves. Like I learned a long time ago, the world's not going to change for me. I need to do some changes. So I started changing because I was like, the world's not going to change. The world's not going to go, okay, Idris is having a bad day. Let's go ahead and make his day easier. (laughs) It's never going to happen. If I stand over here and you stand over there, okay, now I'm comfortable. Nobody move. Nobody move. And a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. They want the whole world to make adjustments so that they're comfortable. And if they don't, you know, my, you know, some of the, the, the people in my family that I'll talk to, like my girlfriend's daughters and I, are get, they hated me when they first met me. Woo, they didn't like me. I was way <laughs> too much truth. And uh, now they freaking love me. They freaking like, and I told them like the youngest one's 18 and she, she's a twin. And I said, you know, some of the things that you do, if I don't like it, I go, I said, you're, I said, you're kind of my daughter now, right? I said, you okay with that? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm a pretty strict parent. You okay with that? She's like, I'm okay with it. I was like, oh, okay. I said, so when I see things I don't like, I'm going to say something. Not that not that you have to do it, but I'm not going to watch you doing something and not say something. Yeah. I'm going to at least say something, and then you can do what you want with that information. You're 18, just like I told my kids. Once you're 18, I suggest. Up until 18, it's my way or the highway. After that, I suggest. I like that. Yeah, because I think a lot of times, especially as moms, we want to keep giving our kids advice and keep telling them how to live their life, you know? And, and I love that being able to do it. I'm serious. Do it. I told my son this, I was like, don't think anything you do is because you want to do it. It's because I allow you to do it. And I used to say that to him till he was 18. And it's like some of the people around me was like, why are you doing that? I said, cause I want him to know you always got to answer to somebody. There's no, I still got to answer to somebody. You still got somebody to answer to. Kids think when they become adults, like this, this, this free for all, like they just get to do it. Like they think we're doing whatever we want, not what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like, the life? <laughs> yeah, my son, you do whatever you want. I go, you, you think I just do whatever I want? No, I do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I said, when you're a kid, 80% of the time you do what, 80% of the time you play, 
20% of the time you got to work. You're an adult, it flips. Yeah. <laughs> 80% of the time you're doing shit you don't want to do and 20% of you play. Yeah. I said, so, so as he was coming closer to 18, I used to tease him. I used to go, hey, Andres, you're almost 18. You can almost do whatever you want. The day before his birthday, I go, hey, guess what tomorrow is? He goes, what? I go, the, the day you get to do whatever you want. He's like, shut up. That ain't funny. <laughs> I go, you get to buy your own food. You get to get out of my damn house. You get to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> you get to pay for this. You get to go do a job. You get to, yeah. I love that. I always tell my kids, I'm like, enjoy your life right now. You think school is hard and school is boring. Wait till Grow you get a job slow. one day when you have to. Grow up slow. <laughs> Being an adult sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we all want to grow up fast, right? We all want to get I to said, that you Take your time. This period, this period doesn't last for, I said, you're in the sucky zone way longer than in the fun zone. Trust me. If you, yep. I told them, if you live to be 70, you got 52 years to do whatever you want. But up until then, <laughs> you're on my watch. And I did that intentionally because yeah. the truth is, is if you don't do, if you don't make those decisions, and your kid goes left or right, everybody's going to point their finger at you. Yeah. Right? If he does yeah. great, they all give him the credit. If he does horrible, they blame it on you. Yeah. <laughs> True. So so when he was growing up and he was kind of screwing around in the 10th grade, not passing his courses, his grandpa was on his mother's side was like, oh, he's fine, Adris. He's a good kid. His son, when he was young, got caught up in the wrong, you know, got caught up in drugs. And he had to find, he had to pull him out of a crack house in Oakland. Wow. Okay. So I said to him, I go, John, was, I go, Ed, was John a good kid? He goes, yeah. He go, I said, did you pull him out of a crack house? He goes, yeah. I go, I'm not trying to pull my son out of a crack house. Yeah. <laughs> I go, good kid. I go, good kids do stupid shit too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I worked in a prison around a lot of kids. I said, 18 year olds on death row. I said, no. Yeah. I said, when he's on my watch. He's going to do the right thing, whether he likes it or not. Yeah. Once he's 18, they're he's not like, yeah, they're not going to like to be told what to do, but, and it's not easy. It's going to sometimes even be an argument and a fight, but I you have to be it. As a parent. Yeah. I used to tell him all the it's time. Hard. I go, do you think I'm enjoying this art? You think I'm enjoying this? Putting you on, telling you, you can't go do this. Or, I go, but the only reason we're having this conversation is because you're not handling your business. If you're not going to mm -hmm. clean your room, you're not going to do your chores. You're not going to go out and hang out with your friends. Plain and simple. We wouldn't be having this discussion if you did what you were supposed to be doing. That was like yeah, our constant conversation. And mm -hmm. then finally he went to book. I, I made him go to the Air Force like because it, it helped me a lot. Two weeks into it, he writes me a two-page letter apologizing for everything. Two yeah. weeks. Daddy, I understand where you're coming from. I get it now. I get it yeah. now. I, I was crying <laughs> reading this letter. I'm like, thank Aww. you. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Because I don't it's care who you are. It's easier to listen when it's not your own parent, right? Or your own partner. Sometimes Cherie, it's easier to take advice. Cherie, at about 15 years old, all parents sound like Charlie Brown's school teacher. Yep. <laughs> they don't want to hear you no more. Wow, 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 wow. No, it's just a pain <laughs> in the butt by the... And I, I felt yep. the same way when I was a kid. So I was like, I know why this is going on. I'm like, I'm Charlie yeah. Brown's school teacher right now. So he has mm -hmm. to hear the same message from a different voice. Yeah. I love that. That's a great way to put that. And that's why I made him. I think every, boy, especially every boy in America should do two years in the military when straight out of high school. Because okay, those who yeah. are, those who are on the fence, you could save some of them. You can, you can't save everybody, but you can save some people who are going to, we all, like we say, F ups are going to F up. They just always do. 
Some people are always going to do that. But the ones that are, that are on the fence, you could save some of them. Mm-hmm. Because it teaches you, as soon as I got in there, they taught me your mama ain't here no more. Ain't nobody cleaning up after you. Nobody's here to save you. And I yeah. learned that lesson real fast. Yeah, you got to grow up real fast. That's why even like with me, I try to get my kids prepared to where when they're 18, when they're ready to go to college, they go far enough away from me that they have to make life choices for themselves. Yes, but they're close yeah, enough that I'm still there. So very smart. I got That's to do that when I was younger and I felt like it was a huge pivotal moment in my life being able to take on responsibility at a younger age. Also, you know, and then we get ready to go, but also people don't think about this. They act like Kobe Bryant died at 41 years old. His daughters don't have a don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. You got to teach your kids as much as you can while you're here because you don't know when you're gone. Mm-hmm. All these people acting like they got so much time. I'm like, you don't know how much time you got. You act like you you act like people, everybody. I said most people don't die of old age. <laughs> yeah. Most people die long before that. My father died at 69. Most people die in their 60s and 50s and 40s. Most people don't die of old age. So why are you acting like you have forever? You yeah. don't. Teach them as much as you can while you're here. So I even now, every time when I talk to my kids, like if there's something that goes on on television, like when my daughter was in school, there was having these school shootings, I call mm-hmm. her up. How do you feel about that? Tell me your thoughts. I want to know what you're thinking about that. And at oh, the time yeah. she was she was playing basketball for University of San Diego. And she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, dad, I know, I know it's a concern. She goes, but I got to go to school. Like, what am I supposed to do? I got to go to school. And I was like, okay, I just want to hear the whole Rodney King thing, um, the George Floyd thing, the oh, every major thing that I know they're hearing, I, w- I call them up. What are you thinking? I want to hear what's in I your like head. That. Yeah. So we can talk about it. So we can talk about it. Most yeah. families want to act like it ain't happening. I'm like, oh, it's happening. And what do you want more as a parent to be the one teaching them how, like when they do have questions and they are vulnerable about some situation, do you want to be the one who's the the little voice that's being, like, telling them what they need to hear? Or do you want to leave it up to the news? And <laughs> God God knows who, are, who are, who's out there teaching you. That's why I said, exactly. I want to I be the one putting these words in their ears before somebody else puts the wrong words in their ears. Mm-hmm. And actually, so I, that's why I want to have these conversations with you, because this is something that I want to leave for my kids. I want them to know what how I feel about different things in relationships, different parts and aspects of their life with health, everything that has to do with them growing up and having to learn how to be an adult and how to function as an adult. I want it to come from me. I don't want it to come from other sources. Yeah, because there's a ton of misinformation out there. And the only way you can control what your kids hear is by being a bigger voice for them, because they're going to hear all those things. They're going to learn all those things. But you do need to have your perspective brought across. Like I was talking to my daughter the other day. She was telling me stuff that her science teacher told her. And I was like, well, you know, this is really kind of the way that you should look at it and or at least know this other perspective. And she's like, well, my teacher's a science teacher. You don't know what you're talking about. My teacher knows what they're talking about more. And I'm like, well, I just want you to see the other perspective. How, how old is she? Sure. She's 14. So I was, I was going to really say, so here's, a, here's a little something. Is she your oldest? Uh, no, she's my middle. Okay. Here's something that a lot of people don't pay attention to that I noticed. I don't know when I noticed it. But we mm-hmm. don't realize how little bit of time we have 100% our child's ear. We don't have our children's ear for a very long period of time. It's only a short period of time. It's Mm -hmm. from the age of about three 
to about 12. Up until three, they don't really know what you're talking about. They're just kind of first understanding your voice, what mommy's voice sounds like, what daddy's voice sounds But from about three to 12 is when you have their undivided attention. After 13, 14, outside influences become larger. Mm-hmm. And now with social media, it's even worse than when we when I was a kid. Yeah. So you don't have that long to, yeah. in, to instill your voice inside their head so that when you get to high school, you can overcome. She's a teacher, mom. She knows better. You yeah. can't overcome that once they don't believe in you. You have mm-hmm. that's the period of time where there's only two things that can control your kid when they leave the house once they're grown. Fear of consequences and disappointing your parents. If you're not close to your kids, you only have one thing, fear of consequences. So most people don't take advantage of getting close to their kids while they got them around. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 56 years old. I still care about what my mother hears about me. I still yeah. like, you know, <laughs> you know, there's still not a day where I'm like, I don't know, I can't do that. My mother, oh, my mother, oh, my mother do I do that? But yeah. if I'm not close to her, I don't care. I don't care what she thinks. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of, you know, you talk about people when people in porn, people in, in in industries where they just don't really care what people think or say or whatever. And I'm not talking, to, I don't want to put anybody down, but I'm just saying, if you don't care how you're seen by the world, it's because you don't care how your parents see you. You don't care. Yeah. If you're only, if you're only, if you're only fearing consequences, a lot of guys in prison, they don't care. They don't even care about the consequences. I know yeah. I'm going to do this. I know when I get caught, I'm going to go to jail. That's okay. Because they don't really care that their mother, I would never want my mother to pull me out of, see me in jail for doing some craziness. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, I didn't raise you that way. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I feel horrible. Because I'm like, so I, I tell all these people, you got from three to about 12 where you have their undivided attention. Once they get to high school, outside influence become bigger. When I oh, met my yeah. daughter's, when I met my daughter's boyfriend, she was 18, he was 23. And nobody wanted to tell me because they were five years apart. You'll, you'll appreciate it. This is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. so nobody wants to tell me. Like her mother knows. My girlfriend, like everybody knows but me. And so one day she called me. She's like, Daddy, what do you think about five years difference? This is her introduction to trying to tell me. And I was like, <laughs> I go, well, when you're 70 and 75, it don't matter. You know, if you're 13 and 18, it's a problem. <laughs> so she goes, okay. And then she doesn't say anything else. So I get off the phone with her and my wife at the time, she was like, she's trying to tell you something. Now she knows and I don't even know. She's like, she's trying to tell you something. So I'm like, so I call her back. I'm like, what are you trying to say? Just spit it out. Well, I got this boyfriend. This is the guy she's married to now. She's like, uh-huh. I got this boyfriend. He's 23, I'm 18. I go, honey, you're a grown woman. I'm not telling you what to do. I said, five years. I said, I'm not going to make a deal about the, your age gap when it, with, when Within eight years, it ain't gonna matter when you're thirty when he's 30 and you're 25. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not gonna make a big deal about something in five years, it won't even matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh, okay. And I said, but I do need to talk to him and see where his head is. And I said, and this is what I'm gonna talk to him about. So if he decides to not date you after me and him have a conversation, this is what I'm talking to him about. You okay with that? She's like, Yep, I'm fine with that. Cause she already knew him. Because I told her, too, don't ever bring somebody home that don't treat you the way I do. Like, your mother's yeah. job is to teach you how to be a woman. And my job is to teach you how to be taught, be treated by a man. That's my responsibility. My job yeah. is to teach my son how to be a man. His mother is supposed to teach him how to be, you know, with a woman. <laughs> we, have, yeah. we have our roles. 
So I call him up and I'm talking to him. And I said, look, you're a good looking kid, blah, blah, blah. You live in Portland. She's in San Diego. I go, she's on a basketball scholarship. She's busy. They have a lot of school, a lot of travel. You know what it's like because you were a football player when you played and you was on a scholarship. If you're going to be up there chasing girls and she's up texting you in the middle of the night because she can't find you, I go, leave her out of it. Leave her out of it until you're ready. I said, but if you're going to be there and you're going to do this, your responsibility is to continue the path we put her on for another four years. You're still on my watch for four more years. You need to instill and support what we're saying for the next four years. After that, I back up. After that, I back up. Now you'll do your thing. He picks up. He moves to San Diego, gets three jobs. They got married. They have a granddad, and they're doing amazing. <laughs> and I backed up at 21 when we, we when they got married and I gave her away. Me and her mother was crying and bawling. And, I, and her mother was like, I don't understand why I keep crying. And I go, yeah, it took me a while. Because I would cry off and on for like six months. And I didn't know why. I kept going, why am I crying? Like, why am I so emotional about this? And it took me a long time to figure it out. And I was like, I'm giving her away. I'm not responsible. I have to give responsibility to this dude. Like, yeah, he's her, he's her, like, he's, you know, y'all have and to I have two girls, so I have to deal with that twice, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even with my son getting older, he's going to be, he's going to be a senior next year. And I keep thinking about that, wanting to create as many memories and as many moments that I know he's going to hold on to for the rest of his life and know that he has a safe home to come home you, to. Whenever you and your husband. That. It's a little different with the boys because they're boys and they're the ones that are still. Mm-hmm. But your daughter, once you have to back up, you it's not my responsibility no more. And yeah. her mother, I told her mother, that's why we're feeling this way because we, when they say give your daughter away, that's what that means. I didn't know what that meant until that moment. I was like, I really am giving her away mm-hmm. to this dude. Like this dude is now it's his responsibility. I go, that's huge. (laughs) It is. Is, well, this has been fun. I've loved just having this conversation and even just learning from you because I love hearing what you did as a parent because I'm kind of going through that stage and I where my son's getting older and it gets harder when your kids are teenagers because they're trying to become their own self finally, you know, and that's hard and it can be hard as parents. Oh, I love hearing that from you. And you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta let them do it, and just like I said, just feed them information. Always let them know. Like I told my son, I got news for you: we will never be friends. We'll be friendly, but never friends. Because if I, I don't care if you're fifty. If I see something I don't like, you hearing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't stop parenting. It's just the way I am. But I was like, I will <laughs> never. I said, but like I said, it's a suggestion at this point. After you're yeah. eighteen. Now I just tell you how I feel. You do what you want with that information. But see, when you do that, when you tell them, it's really funny. Just like with those girls that I was like, uh, we ain't having sex. We're gonna just talk. What? No sex. <laughs> when you tell it, when you tell a guy, when you tell your kids, hey, all you, they'll be like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't go, don't go. Because now you're just backing off and they don't want yeah. you to back. Now they come to you even more. Hmm. They come to you now. They come to you because they're used to you being there. And now you're saying, "Hey, my my hands are off now. Now it's on you." They then they they volunteer 
and come to you. But those parents who don't let go, the kids run. They get the, they pack the bags and they freaking run. Yeah, and they don't have any room for growth, right? Because they because have you won't let them. them. Yeah, you're kind of you you're holding see, that. And also think about this: if they're going to make mistakes, don't you want it while they're at home so it's not grave mistakes? Yeah. Like I got him a job once and he got fired from being a little slick and smart ass and trying to get away with something. And the girl, the woman that fired him was my boss. I was actually, I was a, I was her trainer, but I was also working with her doing mortgages. And he, you know, tried to play her like he was slick and tried to get away with something and didn't get away with it. And she was like, she goes, the only reason I fired him is because he still lives at home with you. And this would be a good life lesson. It ain't like he was going to work here his whole life, but yeah. I knew he, had, he still has a home and this is a good. So that's when I was like, okay, you yeah. need to go to the military. I said, you need to go to the military. He was like, why? I said, because you're not listening. You're not learning anymore from me. You're just not. Yeah. He was like, he was 18. He graduated high school. at He's one of these real savant. He was an Arabic linguist, did counterterrorism at NSA. Wow. He's a songwriter. He writes in four different, he writes and sings in four different genres. Like he's one of those. <laughs> yeah. Everything is easy for him. So he just was too smart. He was just like, everything was easy. So I said, you yeah. need to go somewhere and be challenged because I can't challenge you. I can't challenge you like that. Yeah. So he went to the Air Force, became an Arabic linguist, went to school for it, killed that, aced that, number one in class, falling asleep in class, waking up getting A's. That's awesome. 17 you days. had to lay out those grounds for him. He had to learn how to be that person. And, and he had to figure out, yeah. So I needed yeah. him to leave. And he left home in 2006 for the Air Force, and he's been doing his thing ever since. You know, lived in That's Germany, awesome. lived here, open for boys to men, open for Jodeci, Keith Sweat, Total, no Genuine. Awesome. Like he's doing his thing, you know? And I tell I people, it. they're like, you know, like my girlfriend's like, your kids are like amazing. I'm like, I just gave them the freedom. I pushed them and gave them the freedom to just do. Yeah. I, don't, I said, I don't care what you do. Just don't half-ass it. Do it all the way. So yeah. if you don't like it, you'll never go back to it. Mm -hmm. I said, if you half-ass it, you're going to always wonder, what, what, what could I have done if I really tried? So just don't yeah. do that. Always give it your full. I don't care. And, you know, me being Mr. USA and all these magazines, he was trying to live up to that. And I was like, no, that was my deal. Do your own. Do you got your own stuff? Don't don't worry about it. you. You'll make your name in your in your area. And he has. Yeah, and I think that's really hard for kids these days and being able to really put in the effort to actually give it their all. Everybody wants it to be fast and easy these days. So I think that's a big thing. That's what I keep trying to instill in my kids. So that's adult. Have my, have my clients want it easy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Adults do too. I've been dieting well, for two I... <laughs> yeah. I've been dieting for two weeks. I haven't lost 30 pounds yet. Really? <laughs> Kind of have to put in the effort to get better at what you're trying to accomplish, right? No one's better, good at it overnight, right? Sheree, I'm like, you've been overweight for 30 years. You thought it'd be gone in three weeks? Come on. What you... <laughs> can I at least get a year? Can I get, can, I get a, can I get a year? Can I get at least one? I believe in miracles. Come on. <laughs> we can wipe away 30 years in a year, but not in three weeks. Right. <laughs> Well, I have loved this today. This has been fun, Idris. Let's do it again. Yes. I Got am it. going to do this every couple of weeks with you. And hopefully we'll be able to just share some insight from all of our different experience. And I want to hear back from everybody also and know what how you guys felt about this conversation and about what we're doing. And if you hated it, let us know. If you loved it, let us know. And if, we want and if you want to get a hold of me, I forgot to leave this before. Um, 
My Facebook is Idris I D R I S E, and you and I give it. Uh, Sharika Sh- 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 put it on on the the, the video. My group pages. Yeah, I have a group. We'll put the group link. We'll put my mm-hmm. Facebook link, and um, I have a training business where I work with people on nutrition and health, mental health, nutrition and fitness. So how they all link together. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll include links to everything in this podcast and in the video as well and put some of that up on the screen so you guys can have it because it's amazing to have great resources like this. And um, if you like what you're hearing and you want to know a little bit more about um, what we've talked about and how to have better relationships, then reach out. I think that would be fun. So thanks, Idris. You have a wonderful day and we'll chat again soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Hopefully that we had some great information for you to take in and hopefully that we can just have better relationships, not only with our other half, our spouses, but our children and um, even our family. You know, these are things that can be actually used for any type of relationship, even friendships. So hopefully this has been good for you. Love you all. Hope this is going to be something that you like moving forward. Let us know. Thanks, guys.